Welcome to Broad Ideas. Sarah Olson and Teresa Palmer are here today. I have known them for a very long time, loved them for a very long time, admired them for a very long time, but I feel like today is the day we solidify this lifelong friendship. So they have their podcast, The Mother Days, but D-A-Z-E, The Mother Days. And I just love how they approach motherhood and life. And I have always, like I said, admired. I'm just, I mean, they have so many children. So many children. <laughs> and I love just their whole process and how they embrace it. And it's beautiful. Um, I was super excited that they were going to come in and speak with us today. And I can't wait to do the Mother Days as well. So let's welcome Teresa and Sarah. Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling. Round and round inside to join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about death because people die. We're so happy you ladies are here, first of all, I just have to say. And I've known both of you for so so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like the first, our first interaction, Teresa, in Toronto. Yeah. At the film, film festival. festival. <laughs> and it's such a crazy story. Like, so bizarre. So bizarre. You were like with your boyfriend from, I don't even know if yes. it was your boyfriend from high school or something. My it was like from back love. home. Your first love. Yeah. From Australia. <laughs> and we had watched the OC together religiously. <laughs> like every, and he was like, it's summer. It's summer. <laughs> was like pointing at you from across the room. And I was like, oh my God, it's Rachel Belson. <laughs> and we freaked out and came and spoke to you. And the even more funny to bring it full circle, Sarah, I was at the film festival for The Last Kiss, which I had done with Eric, your husband. Oh my God. I what? know. I know. I ju- that literally just came to me right now. That's why I was there. That's crazy. Wow. That was crazy. That was like right before I met him too, because he went into our show and mm-hmm. that's where we met that's where you met and I was only like 22 whoa wow. you were 22 yeah. when you met Eric yeah wow I was married and yeah I was 22 wow. you were married wait at you 22? were married at 22 I was married at 21 mm. holy <gasps> smokes yeah <laughs> Oh my god! And, that, and you were your last name was Mason because it I was. remember seeing a photo of this Sarah Mason. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've never seen a more beautiful woman in my entire <laughs> life. You're in a picture with Ron Howard randomly. Yeah, and I was like, that girl is a bombshell. <laughs> and I was like, who's this Sarah Mason? And then of course we ended up becoming besties. I know. Well, how did you guys like meet and become best friends? Just like to get it out there. Well, we met. Um, well, actually, what's funny is the very first time that we ever had an interaction, I was at the Grove and Eric and I are walking through the Grove and we're like shopping and we're just started dating. We're like looking for a coat. And um, I see Teresa and she's like stunning and she's wearing the coolest coat. And I'm like, she looks really familiar. I think she's an actor. And Eric was like, oh, she is. And I was like, her coat is so cool. (laughs) And Eric was like, well, I'll just go ask her what it is and I'm going to get it for you. And then he went up to her and he was like, hey, um, my girlfriend loves your coat. And I was so embarrassed, like off to the side. I was like, what? (laughs) And he was like, where is it from? And you were like, "Mm, I have no idea. Topher bought it for me. (laughs) Oh, 
like it. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. He like bought me, it was a big deal. He bought me this one gift once when we were um, dating and it was this coat. (laughs) And it it was like this big deal that we got, (laughs) I got this coat and then I got stopped at the Grove about the coat. And I was like, oh my God, my boyfriend bought it for me. (laughs) And then Eric wanted to know what it was. I can't remember. I don't have it anymore. And I feel like it was like, Year, like two years later that we were invited to a breakfast mm-hmm. by our mutual friend, Ariel Kebble. Oh, okay. And Ariel, she was yeah. like, yeah. And she was like, hey, will you come to this breakfast? Earth Cafe. Earth Cafe. <laughs> and we sat next to each other and everyone there was like chatting about work and stuff. And Trisha and I were just and- kind of like, so do you want to have babies? And then <laughs> that was it. Like without we just like connected. So funny. <laughs> everyone was like, we're actresses. So everyone was like, oh my God, the industry and like, auditions. We and were did like, you audition for this? Yeah. And we were like off to the side, having this like sidebar being like, all I want to do is have so many babies. Me too. Like, <laughs> screw this industry. Yeah. How old were we? I, do you know? Do you know what year it was? No. I reckon it would have been 2009. Yeah, maybe something like that. Oh, wow. I'll start yeah. saying that, I reckon. I, I know. Like that, I know. I want to adopt it feels all right. I want to say it. feels it. right. You I reckon can say it was... It. It I reckon... puts you in a different category. <laughs> you know? I hope it's a cool category. It is. It's like you just up-leveled. <laughs> okay, good. Up-leveled majorly. I like, that, that's my, um, that's yeah, my that's word, word this year. year. Yeah. Up-leveled. 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 Oh, yeah? Yes. Up-leveled. Yep, there you go. We got to yep. put it out there. Yep. But that's so relatable because I feel like, you know, especially... When you do what we do when in this town and you're at those things, like, and you just connect, it's like, oh, you're a real person. <laughs> and we have the same, you know, yes. whatever. And it's all about having babies. And we're all moms here. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yes. you guys have so many children. So a many. lot. A lot. You, and we want more. Are you at three now? Or I'm at three. You're at three and you're at four. Five. Five, including, All yes. the, yeah, including yes. my stepson. stepson. You have five. I birthed four of them, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was just speaking, you know, th- <laughs> yeah. through the vaginal. <laughs> vaginal, yes. yes. That's right. Four, but yes, five. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of children. It's a lot. And you yeah. want more? I do. I want one more. You Wait, want you one have more. three. I do. Yeah. And my I'm not going to give it two. away. Yeah, your youngest she has is two. the best baby name. <laughs> oh, you do? For four? For number four. We're not going to say But it is... Amazing. So it has to happen just so you can like, I mean, you know, when the name comes to you and you're like, oh, do I do this? I mean, the name's amazing. The name is incredible. (laughs) No, that's a really good question I've had. I'm like, if you have a name, does Mm -hmm. that mean there's another soul? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've had that because my husband's mom passed away and her name was Madeline Moon. And I'm just like, how do you not have another baby? Yes. Little Maddie Moon. I didn't even know that. I mean, I knew his mom passed away. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't know the name. Her last name is Moon. Oh, that's so beautiful. I know. So then we've we've been like, do we have to like have have a mother baby? But you have to have a girl, right? A girl and spin it. Well, my daughter's name is Prairie Moon. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I love that. I love how original you got, you know, with your names. What are the names? I love your baby name too. Oh, thank you. It's such a great name. My one. Lone um, child. <laughs> my, there could be more, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we don't see. We'll see. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I have Bodhi Rain, Forest Sage, 
Poet Lake and Prairie Moon. That's wow. Right. wow. Beautiful, <laughs> right? It's, a poem. it's like I want to move in. I know. Cool. You know. We have room now. <laughs> okay, I, I'm good. leveled. So. You did. <laughs> so that is the word. And I have uh, Wyatt Oliver, Esme Olivia, and Winter's Story. Can, um, I mean, could you die? We have yeah. winter was one of our names. <laughs> it's it's good. Good. such a good one. Good. It just kept coming back to me. Like we were trying to figure out what the name was, and I wrote them all on this chalkboard. And um, I found out I was pregnant with her on Christmas Eve, and so <gasps> it, it was snowy outside, yeah. and I was just like, I don't know. I feel like her name is Winter, mm. but we went back and forth between Winter and Clover, and so I gave her Winter, and then I wrote a children's book and gave the lead character Clover. Oh, so Sweet. you used it? Oh, that's yeah, amazing. What's the children's it. book? It's called Happiness Is the Journey. That sounds really nice. It's the sweetest. <laughs> it's cute. It's the sweetest. It has amazing illustrations and it's this beautiful uh, poem about being present for kids. My my oh, kids love it yeah. so much. We've Thanks. read it about a thousand times. <laughs> uh, being present for kids is huge. You know, yeah. and especially huge. like you're always on your phone. There's al- so, so much to relate to. Yes. How do you guys, do you like take time? And you're like, I'm not going to have my phone now. Or do you make these conscious like decisions? Or I think it's a struggle. You it know, is. And it's like, I feel like it's constant. There's a constant, definitely like all all throughout last year, I remember that a big thing that I was really working on was because I wanted to be home and I wanted to be with the kids, but I was also working from home. You know, we were like, I had book stuff happening and we were launching our podcast and we were just like doing all this work from home, which as much as you're like, I want to be a mom that stays at home, but I'm also working from home. Then you find that you're on your devices a lot. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, I really have to make time. Like when the kids are at school, That's when I'm doing my stuff. And then, you know, I'm doing stuff with the baby on and off of her naps. And then, you know, I'm back on my phone again. And it's not consistent. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll pick it up and I'll be like, oh, I really have to respond to this. And she's like playing right there. But I try to make a point that like at three o'clock every day that I'm done and I focus on them. And if something pops up and I have to do it, then okay, I'll do that. But I'm trying to head in the direction of like, I do most of my stuff when the baby's Mm -hmm. napping Mm -hmm. or the kids are at school. And otherwise, I try to be really present. But the book is more about like, you know, it's about mindfulness. It's like taking in your surroundings and not wanting to like jump ahead or go somewhere Mm -hmm. else or be in this other place or whatever it is. Because my daughter is like, if we're at the beach, she's like, oh, I really miss my friends or I miss the mountains or I want to go do this, you know, and and I'm always trying to pull her back into, but what about right now? Like this is, yeah. this is so beautiful. Look at what we're doing and how, let's enjoy this moment. And mm-hmm. so that's where it all came from. I love that. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> where did you learn that in your life? Like what um, pulled you back into? Into the present? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, Throughout my life, my dad was a pastor when I was growing up. Oh, wow. And um, I experienced a lot of loss as a child because in the church, like there was a lot of people who died and my dad always preached the funeral. And then I had grandparents and then I lost my dad when he was, he was only 53 and oh, I was wow. 33 and I was pregnant with Esme. Oh, sure. And so it was pretty, um, it was pretty intense and it was definitely something that I think pulled me into a deeper state of presence, being Mm -hmm. in the present moment, like enjoying where I'm at. And I feel like with every year since my dad's death, I've really stepped more into a grounded place in my own spirituality and just like, you know, understanding that life is fleeting. It's beautiful. But like, I want to be here in this moment right right now and try to not be so distracted with where else I want to be. You know? Yeah. It's a, challenge. I feel like it's the point though. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. It is the point. And it's 
also just like, it's so fulfilling when you're really lit. Like one of the most beautiful trips that we ever took as a family is we went to this place called Holden Village and it's in the Cascade Mountains. Mm. And Eric grew up going there. It's like this beautiful little village, but there's no, I mean, you have to take like a a plane to a town, to a boat, to a bus, and then you're (laughs) up in this village. And so there's no phones or internet or anything. So Eric and I and the kids, like every day we're sleeping in these little cabins Mm. And um, the kids are going to this little school called Narnia. Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) And we're going and taking classes. So we're taking, like, pottery classes. And I'm taking, like, these, like, really, you know, it's a very, like— Can um, I be your fourth child? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But there's, like, all of these different things. I'm learning about poetry. And this is where I wrote, like, a song. And there's, like, all these different classes you can take. But Eric and I would, like, go to a class. And then we would have coffee together. And then we'd play Scrabble. And then we would, like, you know, pick up the kids and go to lunch. And there'd be deer everywhere. Where, but there are <laughs> kids to this day are like that was it that was the trip mm-hmm. and it's the trip because we were just together and oh. no one was distracted every single moment was present oh my gosh and so that was seven days of that and it was like I remember oh. when you told me about that I was like we need to go and then <laughs> yes. we never ended up going well, back co- together well COVID happened oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so they, they shut down for a while because it was like they had to protect you know the community and everything mm-hmm. but yeah That sounds like a dream. I am just curious. Do you think you can teach, like obviously through books, through, through classes, all of that great stuff to teach presence, but do you think we can actually teach that to our children or do you think it's an experiential thing that happens that one day people get it? Personally, I think it's both. Mm -hmm. I think like when you're with anything with parenting, like there's this one thing where we're like teaching and telling, but it's another thing where you're modeling it, right? Right. So I I try to like remember that all the time through parenting where I'm like, oh, I'm really trying to drive this home. And then I have this amazing nanny slash doula slash I swear she's like a spiritual guide, Sonia. We love you, Sonia. (laughs) Um, But Sonia will be like, but you, but you realize like they're going to get it because they're going to watch you doing it. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, oh, right. More is caught than taught. Yeah. And that's mm. so true. Love that. I love that saying. That one. But yeah, that's so true. They're going to see you in it, see you taking the time, doing the thing, like whatever it is, like they're going to see it and they're going to go, oh, right. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm struggling this morning because my daughter and I kind of like got into it because I was rushing mm. to get her out. And like, I'm so hard on myself. I'm like, oh, I fucked that up. Like I... Mm. Didn't do what I should have in in communicating with her because she wasn't doing the things I was asking. You know how hard it is to get out of the house to get to school in the morning. And I had to come here and like be ready. And I'm like, I need your help this morning. And at one point, I started crying. And I was like, I'm crying. Like she was crying. And I'm like, I'm crying. And I was like, oh my God, that's so (laughs) selfish that I did that. Because now she took it on like, I'm a terrible kid. I made my mom. What kid makes their mom cry? And I was like, oh, fuck. Like what did I do? You humanize the experience of motherhood. That's what you did. And you're like showing her that, do you know what? Adults can cry and we can have big feelings as well. And when you pick her up from school, like you'll be in a different mood and be like, oh yeah, I move through those feelings. Right. Yeah. Like Agreed. what a beautiful example. Uh, I tried to talk to her on the way to school and was just like, you know, Briar, like it wasn't you. It's not the person. Sometimes our behavior can cause a reaction, yes. you know? And But then she was like, she feels so bad. My daughter's so sensitive. Same. Yeah. We have we sensitive have the, children. Our first children. Your first children? Yeah. yeah. Bodie and Wyatt. Okay. Yeah. Would you say Elliot's more sensitive than Shepard? <laughs> a thousand percent. I mean. I know. <laughs> sensitive. I mean, 
I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Elliot, the other night, we're going to sleep and he just starts sobbing. And I'm like, oh. why are you crying? And he's like, because I don't want you to die. Same. And I'm just oh. like, yes. my kids do. Bodie's yeah. been crying about that yeah. too. And I, and I can't say, well, I'm not going to. Oh my God. You know what I mean? I know. And right. I just sit there and I sit with him and I say, I understand the way you feel. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that let's brings up cherish the whole every moment. Lying to children thing. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. When is it, if ever, okay to lie to them or to stretch the truth? Or how do you guys Santa. handle that? We have this <laughs> Santa. Santa? Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. Right. I know. We have this saying in our house where, and Eric started it, but he's like, if I'm not with you, where am I? And my kids are like, you know, now we gave them the words for it, which in my heart and in my head. Mm. So it's like, we talk about that with people who have died in our lives, like my dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's not with us here. But he's here and he's here and we have his memories. And so like, you know, one day when I'm really old, I am going to die. And, you know, and I'm going to be with you here. Right. And so it's, I mean, and I only am taking this from like a therapist who said, when you're talking to kids about it, you want to be like, well, yeah, I could die tomorrow. No. <laughs> you Gosh. know, you don't want to yeah. do that. No. no. But you can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm really, really old, that's right. I say old die. wrinkly and yeah. in my bed. When I'm an old wrinkly, wrinkly old <laughs> grandma, like a great grandma. And also you don't have to worry about that right now, but I know that those feelings exactly. are heavy and big. Yeah. And I love you and yeah. you know. But yeah, yeah, holding the space for them, yeah. but also not wanting to lie to them. It's a tricky balance, isn't it's it? It's yeah. so tricky. It, it is. is. But I feel like there's an opportunity in it. I think that people, you know, whether it's religion or spirituality, and mm-hmm. they just say, well, here's what happens when you die, mm-hmm. right? And what we try and do is go... So there's a bunch of different ideas. Yes, same. There's a bunch right. of different ideas. Too. Yeah. No one's quite certain. Mm-hmm. We yeah. all believe different things, and it's up to you to feel what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and right. like kind of giving them the space to be like, what feels right for me? And then you say, what do you think? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yes. the greatest is like the <laughs> answers that come from what will you what do you think? Exactly. You know? Oh, they're amazing. Uh, yeah. My so mom's creative. very, very religious. Okay. She's okay. Extremely uh, like Catholic. Oh, Catholic. She goes to mass still. She'll Uber from my house. (laughs) She'll take an Uber, has figured out how to do that on her phone. She can't really text or do emails or call, but she can Uber to church (laughs) somehow, some way. But she goes about four times a week. So she's told my kids that there's heaven and this is what happens, this is exactly what happens. And like your dogs will go to heaven and your cats will go to heaven and everyone's in heaven. So she's the only person telling them Mm -hmm. uh what to believe. So we've been trying to do, we're not like unraveling that for them at all. We're like, yeah, that is what Nana really believes in, which is amazing. And that's so great. And you can believe in that too. And dad and I, we have different ideas of what might potentially happen. And then throwing it back to them, being like, what do you think? And I think my three-year-old right now is all about heaven because she just hears that from Nana. So she's like... (laughs) Heaven exists, and to get into heaven, you have to have the water on the head, and then that's the way you go into heaven. Wow, it's a really interesting um, perspective, poet. Where'd you get that from? Um, But yeah, isn't it funny, these big conversations that we have to have with our kids and just, you know, not having, being dogmatic in any approach, mm -hmm. just being sort of 
open. Right. And throwing it out there to them like, what What do you guys think? Right. Because there's no like book telling you like. No. There's I mean, a there book. are books. There's a book. There <laughs> are books. <laughs> out. There's books definitely there's telling quite a few. you. <laughs> and, we, and we love them. And we yeah. love them. Yeah. <laughs> we love yeah. books. But I, I do love what you said though about, you know, when you're talking to Briar and you're saying like, you know, this isn't, it's not you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like something that happened or a choice that you made. Like right. we try to say that to my son too. It's like, because he's so much like me where we'll just like beat ourselves up over something. You right. know, like Eric is like, he does something wrong. He apologizes, he owns it and he's done. He doesn't think about it again. I am like, I apologize. I own it. I stew over it. It's inside <laughs> of me. I'm like stressed about it. My son is the same way. And so we are constantly now trying to tell him. And it's a reflection to me too, where I'm like telling myself, Mm -hmm. but like, this isn't you. Mm -hmm. This is just a choice that you made. Like, I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. I made a bad choice Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And people make mistakes. But so that's like what you were reflecting to Briar. And that's amazing. Trying. It's so hard, you know? And yeah. And your kids be like, I'm terrible. And they're saying, this is new for her though. She just turned eight. Okay. And... Well, how old are your yeah, oldest? Yeah, that's what, and why it's the same age. Okay. He's, he's, he nine. just turned nine. He just turned nine. Okay. And then your oldest? Bodie's eight, about to be nine. About, okay. So but, same. Yeah. yeah, but it's just interesting. It's like this new thing and she's getting older and like the yeah. kids and the influence and school and the things she's hearing. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to navigate all of that yeah. and all this new stuff. And I'm like, and she just keeps being like, you're mad at me. You're mad. I'm like, I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, I get frustrated and those feelings can come out. Mm-hmm. Like, I need your help. Mommy's just asking for help. You yeah, know, totally. like, I need you to help me. Uh-huh. I, I am feeling these things, but it's just because I need your help. Like, I need you to listen when I say something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yes. Mother, it's just, it's a hard job, man. Like, it, it is, is such a challenge at all times, every day. It's also hard when you can, as an adult, hear the narratives they're telling themselves. Right. And yeah. know like, ooh, that's not one you're going to want to tether to, right? Mm-hmm. Like the other day, my little one, he fell and he split his lip open. Oh. I know it was it was gnarly. And he was like bleeding everywhere. We had to go to the emergency room. Mm. And my seven-year-old Elliot was like, I didn't do anything to save him. I'm not a superhero. I'm a super weirdo. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? What? (laughs) And he was hysterical over the fact that he didn't do anything to help his brother. And he was taking that situation and turning it against himself. And I was like, whoa, this is like an opportunity right here to, to be like Elliot. It's so hard because I'm like, you're making it about you, one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, this has nothing to do with you. But then I'm also like, but it's also a teachable moment of like what we tell ourselves we experience. That was a hard one. Like, I Well, you have to give context because Elliot takes on a lot more with Shepard because of the circumstance, right? Yes. Shepard has, my little one has special needs. So Mm. he's... You know, yeah. So Elliot takes on it seems like a lot more. Like he has to do be all the like for his little brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, his little yeah. brother might need a little more, you know, attention, guidance, yeah, whatever. But mm. then it, it's like hard to navigate. You're like, I can hear the narratives, right? Because we all do that. Like that's yeah. we live our life based on our narratives. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, at this age, it's so important that they're not going against themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right and. But you also don't want to get in there and be like, let me brainwash you. Right. 
Or, or do, maybe we do. <laughs> we got to be careful. But what do you do in those situations when you hear her taking on or your kids taking on those narratives? Mm-hmm. What do you do? What's your approach to that? This morning I said to her, I was like, don't you say that about my daughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was yeah. like, don't yeah. talk about my daughter that way. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know? Yeah. Which I think is just like waking her up like, hey, that's not okay to yeah. say that about yeah. her. Like, I love her. She's the best. Like, don't say that about her. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> really cool. I like that. I think I got that. <laughs> Whitney Cummings said that to me the other day. Like, I did her podcast and I yeah. walked in and I was apologizing or something. Or I said, I'm a mess. She's like, don't say that about my friend. Mm. I was like, oh, that's so good. So really, I have to give her credit. Like, I can't take all the credit because I was like, that's really good. (laughs) It is good. I know. But we do that all the time. Yeah. I'm always hard on myself. I know, same. I know. Like, when you're saying, like, stewing, like, you can't, I can't just move on from something. Me neither. To the point where it's like, oh, am I OCD, like, obsessing over this? Yeah. Mm. And you have to be like, oh, it's okay, like, to do these things, Mm -hmm. even if it's a mistake, or whatever. And like the other person involved probably hasn't thought twice about it again, but it's just right. like what, how we torture ourselves. Oh, yeah. Self forgiveness. Yeah. <sighs> it ain't easy. It's not. No, it's taken a lot of therapy and, <laughs> <laughs> and learning from mistakes. Broad Ideas is supported by Rocket Money. Say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods of managing your money and say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. I always forget so many subscriptions that I subscribe for, like one show my daughter wants to watch and then I forget to cancel it. But now I don't have to think about it with Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com ideas. That's rocketmoney.com ideas rocketmoney.com slash ideas. Broad Ideas is supported by Sundays for Dogs. Sundays is healthy, air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. Sundays was co-founded by Dr. Tori, a practicing veterinarian and contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, you'll find digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger plus disease-fighting antioxidants. Dog parents report noticeable health improvements in their pups, including softer fur, fresher breath, thank goodness, better poops, and more energy. My dog is so picky. Not only is she picky, she has really itchy skin. So I have tried Sundays. Not only does she love it and actually eat her food, she's itching less, I swear. Unlike other fresh dog food, Sundays is zero prep, zero mess, and zero stress. Sundays is shelf-stable, which makes it easy to feed your pup top-quality food. Every order ships right to your door, so you'll never worry about running out of dog food again. We worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com ideas or use code ideas at checkout. That's go to sundaysfordogs.com ideas. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. I don't know. I think that 
what I've seen of you both, like how beautifully you embrace just the aspects of motherhood and being open and honest about your journeys. And I love that you're still, you're still breastfeeding, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I breastfed Briar until she was three. And yeah. there's mm-hmm. people can like judge and you're like, dude, you don't like, yes. if you don't know, just don't, we don't need the comments. Oh, we don't hard. need the comments. But they love to give the comments. I mean, I think it was like January 2nd and I posted a photo of me breastfeeding my two-year-old, two and a half year old. And I was like, well, it looks like there's going to be more breastfeeding photos in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> and people were just like, you know, whatever. And like, oh, that baby, and of course I got like messages like that baby's way too old to be breastfed. Mm. And what? I'm just like, okay, like what? Well, I don't agree What do you with do? You. No, like, so when you read those comments, and do you read mm-hmm. all your like captions comments, whatever, um, or... I read some of them because I want to respond and be interactive Good, for the yeah. fact that, like, we're mm-hmm. also with the Mother Days podcast, like, yeah. we're doing a lot of communicating with people and, like, mm-hmm. creating and building a community, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but somebody wrote something the other day that was, like, I think it's still on there, too, but there was, like, a picture or something, and somebody said something about me breastfeeding, and I was just like, wow, this is a very pointed and judgmental comment, that woman. Right? Yeah, that yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wrote that back. And I usually don't respond. I just ignore the comments. Mm-hmm. But this one was so, so heavily critical and pointed <gasps> and judgmental that I wanted for everybody else that was there on the post or mm-hmm. reading it to see that I'm like, hey, that's very judgmental. Mm-hmm. And, and just it's not it okay. That. It's not okay oh. to, for you to so judge. So you just said Good that's very you. judgmental. Yeah, just and that like, was the... that was it. I just said like, that's very, very funny and judgmental thing for you to say. It was like so pointed. Um, was it about the breastfeeding or... I think so. Wasn't mm-hmm. it about breastfeeding? Yeah. 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 It was about breastfeeding and about, about oh, and people like are like, don't show it, you know? And I'm just like, I, you can barely show it. barely see the I skin know. of That's my breast. So- and I'm like, the amount of women's boobies and booties and everything that I see on social media. And you can hardly see like a triangle of my skin that where oh my, my boob God. is that someone is drinking. And that's so intense intensely offensive I can't yeah. like that is I know <laughs> so fucking ludicrous it's like, so frustrating the most natural thing it's that you so can do what's wrong gets criticized what yeah. is wrong with people what but is if, that? I, if I put up a picture of myself like in a bikini right. no one is saying like what are you doing right. no. like, like your ass that hanging is out disgusting like, no they'd you know? be like oh, oh like flames like all of oh it right? <laughs> it's so you're like where's funny. the flames for the breastfeeding like what the fuck yeah exactly give me that fire that, right <laughs> that deserves it yeah like hello my belly button is browning right now oh, like it is everything has moved down the body oh god you know? i mean it is oh like, the belly button the belly button the belly button. we just had this conversation about the belly buttons and so this morning in the mirror i was looking i was like oh, mine is frowning and and I, was, I was like wait what does that mean like it's like going like instead of like like I could lift it and I'm like, oh, now you can see inside of it. But otherwise, it kind of like, it's, it's, mm, uh, oh, yes. yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's very, we all just pulled out our belly buttons. I know, by we're the all way. like, wait, like, I You're know like, if you wait, go well, straight, I tried to get like, mine out, but I'm wearing a onesie. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't, oh. Can I, can I ask a question yes. as far as moms go? Sure. Yeah. So this, I don't know why my heart feels really tender about this in this moment. I feel like there's so many women that want to be moms that can't. Mm. Oh my gosh. And there's so many women that deal with fertility and miscarriages and all of these really deeply painful things. Mm -hmm. And then when they hear us, 
it hurts. Mm-hmm. And oh. I want to talk to them. Like, I want to hear how we as mothers include that mm-hmm. and include them as mothers because it feels like almost like this kind of club that once you yeah the child you're in. And I feel like, I don't know why my heart just feels that in this moment. So I thought I'd bring we it up. We feel the same way. And actually, when we were writing our book, The Zen Mama's Guide to Finding Your Path Through Pregnancy, Birth, Birth, and Beyond, beyond. <laughs> um, there was a chapter that we wrote and we put it into our editor and our publisher. And the whole chapter was on pregnancy loss. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the different kinds of pregnancy loss because a lot of people don't know that, and we prefer to use the term pregnancy loss rather than a miscarriage because mm, we were saying right. the wording of that to miscarry, it's Putting so, it on you. It's like yes. putting like, it on you. Yeah. 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 Like, oh my God, it's such a good point. you've done wrong. Right. Which for 75 to 85% of the time, it is just like a chromosomal abnormality. So we decided- Out of right, your control. Out of your control. Right. And it happens to 25% of pregnancies. So it's happening like one in four pregnancies. Right. And in How pregnancy common loss. it is. It's yeah. so common. Uh-huh. And not until recently has there been a movement of people talking about it. But we, when we first handed our book in, our publisher was like, um, I'm not sure about that chapter <gasps> because, you know, you go from talking about getting pregnant and fertility and then the next chapter is pregnancy loss. Like that's a little bit jarring. And we're like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. This is such a common thing mm-hmm. that happens to people. Sarah and I have both been through it. In fact, Sarah went through a pregnancy loss as we were writing the oh, book. Yeah. And uh, she had only contributed to that chapter as like how to be a friend to someone who's been through it because mm-hmm. I had been through it and Sarah hadn't. And then by the end, as we were about to hand in the final edit, she went through it and she actually went back into the chapter. She used it to help her move through her pregnancy <sighs> loss. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to cry. We re-edited the chapter to include Sarah's voice in it. And I will say to this day, all the comments that we get about the book, we have had thousands of people just say, thank you so much for that chapter. I went through it and you walked us through the grief stage and you walked (sighs) us through the different types and that there's still hope out there and what to do, like the anxiety of being pregnant after you've had a pregnancy loss as well, like week by week. anxiety. Thinking that the same thing's going to happen. Right. And like I couldn't even breathe for the first 12 weeks of that next pregnancy. I was just... I like bought an at-home Doppler. I would be like oh, <laughs> listening to the heartbeat. Like it brings, so early yeah. On. So I want to tell, like I've experienced multiple pregnancy wow. losses, losses. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And I, you know, and we've talked about like talking about it more. And I'm like, she, you haven't experienced it. And I'm like, it's easier if there's other people that have been through it. Yeah, just to talk about it more openly because it just feels like I don't know. So it's so common, right? Mm-hmm. And I think. There shouldn't be a stigma attached to it because so many people go through it. And I've had a perfectly normal, healthy pregnancy. And just because I've had these pregnancy losses, like it doesn't mean that you can't. And Mm -hmm. and there's like, oh, I don't know. You've had more than one. I don't know if you can do it. And like all the things that people put on you because you've experienced those things. But I think it's so beautiful that you included that because there's so many people that go through it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times... 
it's just natural, like you said, chromosomal. Yeah. Some people, you know, might have other things yeah. involved and it might be more of a journey for them. But to be able to talk about it openly, I think is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, there's just so much that opens up when you talk about it. And I think with anything, I don't think it was treated as something that's like, you know, you're like, okay, this is a grieving process. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't think that it used to be looked at that way. It was more like, okay, we're not going to talk about that. And then we're just going to try to get pregnant Keep again. Keep trying. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I do think that, you know, in life without the lows, like how do you experience the beautiful moments of the highs if you don't have those lows, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you really have to embrace and sit in the grief. And it was crazy because it was like, I had had two children already. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, went to the doctor, it was like eight weeks along or something, eight or nine weeks and I brought my son with me because I was like, oh, we're going to hear the heartbeat today. And like, I'd already heard the heartbeat. So I was like excited to bring him back so he could be a part of it. And then lady touched the wand to my tummy and then immediately pulled it off and was like, hold on, I have to go grab the doctor really quick. And I was like, I looked at my husband and I was like, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And then he grabbed my hand and and he was like, no, 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 it's fine. And I was like, I was like, no, no, no. I, I know that that was not good. Like she yeah. barely even, there was a flash on the screen and she knew. Oh, wow. And I, like she left and then she came back with my doctor and my doctor like was asking me a couple of questions. Like, how have you been feeling? Have you had any symptoms? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, everything, blah, blah, blah. So then he looks at me and he's just like, okay, well, the first thing I want to tell you is that none of this is your fault. Wow. But the, the baby's not, it's not going to happen for you. And with this pregnancy, and I was like, um, what? <laughs> and I, of course, I'm like, my ears are ringing and I look over and I was like, oh my God, how do I say this? My son is there. And he's like, he was in the room for all He was of in it? the room. And I was like, he's oh here. God. What do I do? You know? And then I like, look at my husband and my husband turns to Wyatt and he's like holding Wyatt. And he's like, do you understand what's happening? And Wyatt was like, yes, I do. And the doctor immediately pivoted to Wyatt. He's an amazing doctor and, and he died oh my last God, I was year. Ask Dr. Goldberg. I knew yeah. it was your doctor. He's oh, so, oh my God, he was the greatest angel. But he Ugh. like turned to my son and he was like, um, he was like, the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. He's like, but you know, you didn't do anything wrong to my to me. He was like, and it's okay. Like, you know, this isn't going to happen. You know, but it's okay. It can happen again. And he was just like so beautiful and so wonderful the way that he like held us all through that process. Oh and so then I'm driving home and I'm like, we're in the middle of writing this book. We're about to turn it in. And my brain, and I'm thinking, I've now experienced this question mark. Like I was like, is this happening right now? And I wrote Tez immediately. I think I called her and mm-hmm. said like, this you is what just me. happened. But I was like, I need, I need to, yeah. we can't turn the book in. Uh-uh. I have to like contribute something and say like, this has now happened. Like this is my story and I need your help because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know where I'm at right now, like mentally. And I so, remember that phone call. I was in my trailer in a corset and I got the phone and they were trying to knock on the door and I just was sobbing on the phone. You were crying. I was crying. Everyone's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I need a minute. <laughs> and then I was like, you said, I'm, I'm going to read the chapter. I'm going to read the chapter. Um, and she ended up reading I read the it. chapter that had just been written by Teresa And then I was like, okay, if this chapter means this much to me in Mm -hmm. this moment, 
then this, not only is it meant to be here, but it was meant to be here for me and for every other woman that's going to be going through this and this process. And it was just so raw. And it felt like the universe was sort of like, yes, this this was meant mm-hmm, to happen. And, mm-hmm. that. and then in that moment, it's like, yes, it's a grieving process. And it's okay to take those moments to grieve. Like we should, by the way, in our country, like there's so much with maternal health that does not happen the way that it should. But when someone experiences a pregnancy loss, they should be able to take time off work. Like, 100%. There's, and by the way, in other countries, you can. And there is that in place. But like you think about, I was lucky that I wasn't doing anything in that moment. And I could stay home and be like going through the process and crying when I needed to. And like, (laughs) and you're also bleeding. And you're, I was going to say, did it happen naturally? I actually went and got a DNC. You did? Three days later. Mm Yeah. And that, um, they often will give you a choice for those people who have not experienced one if it does happen to you typically in most cases they'll say we can let this happen naturally Mm -hmm. and it may be up to a couple of weeks or um you can have a dnc and in both of us we both had uh dnc yeah you did yeah Yeah. well they also have the pills they can put yep yeah you to help it move along naturally exactly totally and they explain everything to you um, but the GNC was just, I was like, yeah, I think that's what I want to do. And I loved my doctor so oh, much. I know so many people. So who had everyone him. who talks mm-hmm. about him is like, loved him. Our friend Nicole's Nicole like, was like, I, I want to have, have more kids. Just, no, she said, I can't have more kids right. now because he passed. Uh, She's like, I'm not doing this without him. We I've, talked about that. I thought about that for I you, mean, Sarah. I was like, who will ever live up to? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be really hard. Um, but I do, it's funny because we were writing out these things for the new year and, and Teresa she's like this master manifester. And I um, was like, what do I do? And I grabbed this journal and I'm like writing in the journal and I'm writing out and following this thing that like Laura Lynn Jackson does where she's like, write out who's on your team of light and ask them to send you a sign. And so the other night I was like, laying in bed and I was like, I think I'm going to ask them to send me a sign of a red string. You know, it was just like so random and yeah. I didn't know why that came to me. But I wrote out my team of light and I actually wrote down Dr. Goldberg's name and I was like, okay, wait, why am I like, mm. as oh, if he's, beautiful. as if he's on my team of light, like he's got a lot going. He's got a lot of people, children that are still here or side, like a wife, like he has work, a lot of work to do. But I was like, I couldn't help not write his name down. And as soon as I wrote his name down, I started crying because <sighs> I just like miss him so much. And how can you be that connected <laughs> to someone? But he's been through the most you know, intense moments of my life with me mm-hmm. and guided Eric and I in this like beautiful way and sat with me like when my dad died oh, and when oh. I was pre- all through my pregnancies and like asked me like, how are you doing? Not just here, but how are you here? Oh. And like, you know, he was just so that person. So I wrote his name down on my team of light and was just like, I, I don't know, maybe you're busy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> If you're if you're up there and you decide to pop in every now and then, I'd love to have just like a moment where I just feel like you're there, you know, yeah. and maybe it's for that reason. But oh, and then did you see a red string? I was gonna I say Rachel. Yeah. Oh, no, Rachel has one right now. Wait, what? 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 You have a red Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh, she, oh she by the way, it's a minute. Well, because, really you guys, because oh, I'm wearing, wearing period underwear. underwear. Okay. I'm not using a tampon. You're right, you're right, you're right. I am a right. That is so good. The no. period underwear. Let obsessed? me tell you, I am I cannot wear like full bun underwear. Like I have a really Same. big problem with it. Yeah. But this period underwear. 
yeah. has changed my life. It's uh, so good. Oh, it's so good. It's game changer. And you feel like everything's yeah. just like coming out. I, I use it for postpartum. You what? I eat really. Yeah. I used it for postpartum. Yeah. Blood. Yeah. It's amazing. So I just put them on every day for the yeah. six weeks after I gave birth. That's great. They're yeah. so good. No, they're so good. I don't know what. It, it's some crazy, I don't know, magic, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but so Sarah, how old was Wyatt when you went through that and in the room with you? So he would have been, um, let's see. It was right before you got pregnant with Winter. Yeah, I got pregnant with Winter. The uh, next cycle. month. The next month. The next month. Th- that That's what happened to me. Happens, with right? Briar. Yeah. It was the next month after my miscarriage because yeah. you're supposedly more fertile. Yeah, or yes. Yes. for the pregnancy next three. No, that's okay. No, I but mean, I like, ha- no, no, no. I like to change that. It's because yeah. it's, it's so good. But yeah, because you're yeah. more yeah, fertile. Yeah, the next three months, they say you're typically uh, have higher fertility. Yeah. So I think he was six because he was seven when Winter was born. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so six. He was six. He had just turned six. But another beautiful example of like, you're not lying. You're not hiding. Exactly. You know, it's just like they mm-hmm. went, th- he went through it yes. with you guys. Yeah. And he explained it. And I think that's amazing because so many times you'd be like, I'm going to take, you know what, you're coming out here with me. And then that would yes. probably raise more like concern and alarm in a child. Mm-hmm. Totally. Without not fully understanding what's happening. Yeah. I well, think. you're also teaching them in that moment not to trust their intuition because children internally know way more than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And if your son's in the room and the doctor said that, they're going to get a signal inside. If we sh- rush yeah. them out of the room yes. and be like, let me show you right. this show, we're saying don't pay attention to that internal mm-hmm. flag yes. Yes. as opposed to being like, yes. This is this hard. Is, this is hard mm-hmm. and we're going to get through this as a family. but. It's like, I feel like that was one of the biggest things I learned as an adult was Mm -hmm. that I was always taught my intuition was wrong Mm -hmm. because people were like, don't look this way. Right. And I feel like as a mom, I want to continually honor my kids' intuition. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's really smart. It is smart. I know. I think my initial reaction is always to be like, no, 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 you don't need to know this to hear this, you know, to constantly protect. But it's like, what are you protecting them from? Right. right. It, it, we want to give them the chops for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, I know. Briar needs some more chops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she's way too sensitive. No. <laughs> no, but that's beautiful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad... Being sensitive is not a bad thing. No. It's a beautiful thing. So this is an example. So I have a friend who's like so honest and open with... I'm talking Brandy with yeah. her child. And like, so... Uh, we were at a water park and I, I have like a cyst right now on my ovary. It's it's not salt, like it should go away. Yeah. But it's pretty big and they're like, you can't do any, you can't run. You can't like do anything. Oh, it's painful too. It can I be. Ha- I you had, had one? I had multiples before yeah. I got pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So they can happen, whatever. So, <laughs> and Briar, I'm like, Briar, mommy has a boo-boo. Like I can't go on the rides. <laughs> like that's my explanation. Brandy's like, she has an ovarian cyst that like could burst and she would have to go to the hospital. Like, she just like <laughs> explained it to her daughter in detail, you know? And I'm like, that's not me. Like I can't, because I think Briar would be like freaking out. Like, yeah. There's something inside you that could like burst and you would have to go to the hospital. Like I think she's just too much of like, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm maybe I need to like lean into her being able to handle things a bit more, but it's just so funny, like the difference when yes. she's like, yeah, Ruth, no, she totally knows like every detail about what's going on with <laughs> well, your <yeah>. ovaries. <laughs> but maybe are you not giving her enough credit? Right. What? 
<laughs> Rachel's like, what? There's a bird. <laughs> like, I tend to like, do that. Like what she's capable of. I right. Think is what yeah. You yeah. Of, yeah. Of handling, right? Yeah, I think she could, you know? And I just, I've gotten into that pattern of like, yeah. you know, I think. But we always explain that every family is so different and yeah. every mm-hmm. family communicates differently. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you feel comfortable doing. Some That's people right. are very open with their kids. Yeah. And some people are like, you know what? I'm going to leave a little bit more of that behind closed doors. And that's also okay. It's yes. like you find your flow with mm-hmm. what works for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to share those things, then that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to We're share those constantly things. explaining that. Like every family, like she was like battling me because some family was like, no, you don't have to use a booster. I was like, no, we use a booster. Yeah. Like yeah. that is our rule. Yeah. Same. Same. And just like arguing, arguing, arguing. And like, Families are different. They yeah, might feel differently. Right. And yes. then her friend Ruby's like, I think that our parents just <laughs> I think our parents just want to be safer and protect us. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, it was so funny. Oh my god, I'm dying. Oh, but yeah, wow. it's just like, no, like these are the rules. Yeah. And they don't like them. But it's just you have to be like everything's different. Even in like co-parenting, sometimes, you know, a mom and a dad might not have the same views on things. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know, your dad sees something different. Well, yeah, you're a family. I'm going to ask you because you've got a blended family. Right. We just did a really amazing podcast with Hilary Duff. She came on our um, podcast. She was talking about her blended family. And I was like, I really love. Oh, right. Because she, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really love seeing like the representation of that and how, how is your co-parenting relationship? Has it been smooth sailing? Yeah. Or up and down? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) it's a tricky topic you know because it's still it's different for me like I don't have blended family I'm not in like another relationship Mm -hmm, you know so it's mm -hmm. not trying to navigate like oh this is I have another family or another child (laughs) like it's still just us and our kid so I think it's a little different you know but there's certain things that are tricky to navigate if you might have a disagreement or Mm -hmm. you know but but for the most part it's been pretty I don't know if I want to say easy because it's never easy to like have to have like separate homes and do all that. But my daughter was so young when we originally separated that it's kind of all she knows. Mm -hmm. I was like that. You were like that? I was three. Yeah. When my parents separated. Okay. Yeah. So I actually don't know them together. together. Right. I don't know the life of them together. In fact, it makes me laugh. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, so different. The idea of it. The idea. Yeah. I mean, I can never. I know. have seen my parents together. It doesn't even make sense to me. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know my parents are totally opposite. But they separated. They divorced when I was like nine. So I knew them together a bit. But there could not be more different. Which is so weird to even imagine them those together. Two together. I know. It like yeah. me out. It's the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, for, for you know, Briar, she was so young. And I think there is an advantage to that, mm-hmm. you know? That's so true. You, yeah. What do you mean? Like you get a week off at a time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. Sometimes when I'm like, Rachel, what are you doing? And she's like on her own. I'm like, oh. You lucky bitch. You know, that's <laughs> something that's not nice. talked about because you don't want the mom guilt of like actually enjoying, no, enjoying yes. some alone time. But you should enjoy your alone Big time. time. You, I struggle with it. Like I never put myself first. Like it's always her mm-hmm. or yes. somebody else. And like in the past, oh yeah, you're You're trying to have me change that. She wants me to be more selfish, and that was like 
I said recently. Selfing. My, selfing? selfing. Selfing. I like that. Yeah. I like that word. She has good ones. Like we don't yeah. want to use, tri- or so, was it Lucy didn't want to use triggering? No, anyway, no, I said to use activated instead of triggering. Yeah, yeah. Which oh, I think I like that. Yeah, like too. Too. Mm. yeah, she has some good, good little dictionary over I'm there. Here all day. Oh, <laughs> here all day. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, it's hard to put yourself first and do things to take care. But self care is so important, especially yes. like as, mo- as for anyone. Yeah. But like being a mom, it's hard to find that time. What do you guys do for yourselves for self care or just you know trying to put yourselves first? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last time that I put myself <laughs> right. <laughs> no, um, I we used to say, and <laughs> we used to say, now that we have a few more children, I feel like I get to do this less. But we were always like, we have a non negotiable. So, what is Mark's, my husband, what is his non negotiable? So, for his own mental health and his well being, he loves going to the gym. Mm-hmm. The gym is his thing. Mm-hmm. It's like his testosterone is flying. He's like, needs to get there. He needs to be pumping some iron. And that's his way to sort of regulate emotionally, I think. So he does that uh, four times a week. And for me, I was like, my non-negotiable is I can lock the bathroom door because generally when I try and do this, one or two children will come in the bath with me. Mm -hmm. I just want an alone bath Mm -hmm. where I can listen to a podcast. It's Typically true crime. Yep. And sitting, I thought you were going to say broad ideas. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's so, uh, typically no, broad like, ideas. Mother it's like, yeah, my own podcast. Can you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Just listen to my own voice over and over. Um, no, I listen to um, mad, crime. dark, oh. true crime, like morbid. I, oh, and that's, my, that's my thing too. I, I love it. What is that? I, I love it. I like it. I don't listen to the true crime, but I like to watch it. You do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the docos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark thinks I'm crazy. He will same. We, we always fight about it. He wants to watch a comedy, and I'm like, ooh, gross. I do not want to watch a comedy. <laughs> I want like dark, I want murder, I want documentaries, I want and he's like, I don't want to watch the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. He's I'm like, watching it. <laughs> Are you right now? You're oh, watching yeah, right currently. now. Oh gosh. I'm not. I figured out <laughs> why we like it though. Please tell me. He, I, this is my theory, and you guys tell me if it fits. I think that it's, for me personally, it's so hard to do anything where I'm completely out of my head, okay? So when I watch the murder mysteries or whatever, it spikes my anxiety to a point where I have to be so present to follow and try and figure it out that there's no thinking of other things. It's like the animal body turns on and we're present, Wow. That's it is I true. love that. You can't think of anything else. No. You're so on edge. That's true. That hanging you're, that on every present. detail. And that's why that's we love point. it. Because we're like, yes. ooh, <laughs> I don't have to think about. I've heard of so many different explanations. I've heard of people saying, <laughs> I heard of this this one blog that I read was like, it makes me feel better about my life. Oh, <laughs> this is <one> <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really dark. Um, and then someone else was like, it prepares me for if something was to ever happen, I feel prepared. Um, and I was like, I just don't think I can relate to any of those things, but that I can show up for a little bit more. Like maybe that's it. And I do feel sometimes like, I can solve it. Like, yeah. Like, it's so crazy that I'm like, this is so close to being solved. Like, and I will go down and try very hard. I'll be in like deep in Reddit and start coming up with <laughs> theories. And I want to talk to my friends about it. And I have this text thread called the Mummy Murderinos. 
<laughs> where we all listen to true crime and we try and we like give theories. I'm not on that we, text thread. She's no. not. She <laughs> would have nightmares forever. I, on the mother days, it was Halloween and I was like, oh, <sighs> let's like interview a true crime podcast host. Yeah. Let's like do ghost stories. I'm so into it. And she I was, was like, terrib- I don't want any of it. She was terrified. <laughs> I was there. I mean, I sat there through it and I told <laughs> the stories that I had that still freaked me out. And Wait, what? Oh, just like there's there's just always stuff. Like even right now, my daughter has like two spirit dogs that yeah. are living in our house. Excuse and me? she's two. And she literally will like look over and be like, Hubba, why are you doing that? Oh. And she's like oh. fully talking to the, and then she's like, oh, oh, what? Hubba, no, I told you. And then the other day, it like bit her finger and she started crying so hard. It was like, Hubba bit my finger. And I was just like, okay, whoever you are, uh, don't freak her out like that. And then no physical violence. No physical violence. Yeah, it was just like so. So I'm like now at the place where I think they're, well, she told me they're animals. And then, so we've gotten to that place. And so I think they're dogs. And then, yeah, it's bizarre. But there's like weird stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I, I think love I'm it. somewhere in between the two of you where I'm like super obsessed, fascinated, need to be a detective, solve it. Mm-hmm. Also scared shitless. Terrified. Like run through my house yeah. in the night because for sure someone's after me. 100%. Or like in my car when I get in, like who's in the backseat? Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. Urban I'm Legends. Like that. that like movie Urban Legends. Oh, fuck, it ruined, yeah. yeah, it ruined the Ruin forever. 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 The, the little like like a uh, mirror you're always I always check the mirror I check the seat I check everything because I'm like oh, guys, guys, me too yeah right uh, like it's so Elliot, terrible my little my seven year old's been afraid of ghosts lately and he's yeah. like freaked out about ghosts yeah. and I sat down with him and I said listen mommy's wanted to see a ghost her whole life I'm like <laughs> unfortunately I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't, I can't see them. And like, instead of being like, there's no such thing as ghosts. Yeah. I'm like, the truth is, I would love to see a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really wish that that was on the menu for me. Yeah. But it's not. What did he say? He's like, you're weird. And he was, <laughs> Jeff was like, she wanted to be a Ghostbuster. I looked into a school to go to, to be a Ghostbuster. Wow. And so Elliot's like, wait, you want to see a ghost? And I was like, I would love, so if you could find one oh my goodness. and point it out to me, that would excite me. So it kind of took the sting yeah, off of it. For sure. I don't like bit. that because my son Bodhi's really afraid of ghosts. The boys have started to sleep. We finally got a house where everyone could have their own bedroom. Wow. And then, of course, the boys like me in uh, a yeah. bed together, like <laughs> afraid at nighttime. I'm like, guys, this is a brand new house. There are no ghosts here. There are no zero, there's zero chance of a ghost here. Um, they're still terrified. But I like that. That's a really good way of doing it. I'm kind of the weirdo that like I want to do ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. I want to, I actually looked into doing a criminology course. <laughs> yes. Because I was like, I want to be a detective. And then <laughs> I was like, on the, like just as a sidebar, you know, I can do acting and podcasting and then also like detective work. <laughs> but then tornado chasing is the other one. <gasps> Tornado chasing. And oh I told God. you that I grew I up in Tornado Alley, right? I know. And I'm so jealous. And I remember I was obsessed with Hanson and yeah. they grew up in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, they're so lucky. Or I used to think they're so lucky they get to see tornadoes. That's yeah. what I used to think it's when wild. I was 11. I Do was you find that lucky having grown up in Tornado uh, Alley? Or you probably not. Now that scares me. Tornadoes? Yeah. It was just like always a thing and we got used to it. I guess it's like in California, you're like, earthquakes oh, earthquake, could happen. Yeah. You gotta do earthquake. But we had a lot of tornadoes happen when I was a kid. And then like the really scary one that came through 
um, I was home alone and all the doors and windows, I was like a preteen, but all the doors and windows in our house were like crashing open. <gasps> and my dad was at the church because he was a pastor. And so I was trying to get hold of him and the lines were down. And my mom and my brother were not home. And so I look out the window and my mom is driving up in a van with my brother and the van goes on its back two wheels Whoa. up in the air and then slams down and they get out and I'm like, and I'm trying to close everything and I run out and my mom and we're like, let's run to the church. And we like ran to the church to go to the basement because it was the only place that had a basement. And we basically like, I like hid out there. But like multiple times when I was babysitting kids, like there'd be like tornado warnings and we'd have to go down to the basement and like wait it out. And it happened so many, but I got used to it. Right. So it was exciting and but I wasn't terrified of it but I did see a lot of devastation from it in our oh, town wow. I loved the movie Twister I so think that's where I think of course. that's where so I started yeah. I wanted a white tank top forever because <laughs> of that that's so funny <laughs> oh, for sure I was like she looks so hot oh in a white tank top right just chasing twisters I know yeah. I think we all get off on like certain things and yes. obviously movies like bring a lot of like yes. adventure to it or 100% you know we're like Oh, I want to let's go to a dinosaur island. You know, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> not for you, not for me. I don't want to do like the dinosaur or, or the tornadoes or twisters. Yes, I don't like the natural disasters. No, You're just, no that fan. freaks me out. Like, murder mystery watching all day long, ghosts, great, <laughs> nothing natural, nothing natural. <laughs> I like supernatural. Yeah, me that's too, cool. by the way. Like, yeah. I'm interested in all of that. And I very much believe in the, like, everything that's going on on the other side and feel really connected to it. But some of it, like, that when it gets dark, it spooks me out. But when, right. it's, when it's full of light, I Into like it. it. Yeah. yeah, you're like, I like the nice ghosts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah. That's what I was t- trying to explain to my husband, though, because he was like, why do you like the dark, like, ghosts and all that? And I'm like, because if I can grasp that that's real, it means all the light is too. Mm. Oh. And so I find it comforting. I'm like, oh, interesting. Well, I right? thought my mom raised me like, ghosts, they can't harm you. Like, you know, my mom's very into, like, spirituality and mm-hmm. spirit and, like, all the things. And she would always be like, they can't harm you. Like, you're fine. Like, they can't do anything, even if you see it, whatever. Yeah. But she kind of, like, put it in my head that, like, nothing can happen. So you were never afraid of that. That I feel like I can hurt you. I was listening to Unsolved Mysteries podcast I'm going to be traumatized now, Teresa. (laughs) Do you know what? I I always listen to podcasts (laughs) when I pack and I'm about to go to Australia to finish shooting the movie that I'm shooting right now. Oh, with uh, who is that with? I'm sorry, I just forgot. He's in the notebook. Oh, that's right. Ryan Gosling? (laughs) Oh, my husband. Sorry, my ex-husband. Sorry, my ex-husband. My ex-husband. At one one point, I was convinced he was my husband. Yeah. As all of us were. I mean, weren't we all? Yeah. (laughs) Noah in the notebook. No big deal. No biggie. Um, okay, go ahead. Keep going. So I was packing my bag and I was like, well, naturally I've got to put on a true crime podcast. And I was, I decided to go with Unsolved Mysteries because I'd listened to like absolutely every single other episode of every other true crime podcast. So I was like, okay, this is a new one I discovered. Used to grow up watching it. And I decided to play one about ghosts, which isn't my usual pick, but I was like, I'm going to do this one. It was insane. Like what the, the poltergeist, like and it was physical attacks. Yeah. It was like cuts I don't I don't and, like this. Yeah, no, I like it. Go on. It was like, I like it was like they would this guy they moved into this house and it was so 
insane and he had four children. I was like, I have four children. <laughs> um, and like there was like a stir, uh, like um, this staircase at the back, but it was the servant's staircase and it was this really old house and they would wake up and things would be flying across the room and the glass would cut them and they'd wake up and then have bruises and weird marks on them. And, <gasps> like there was blood on the walls and like all this sort of stuff. Um, and I I was fascinated, but my phone um, stopped playing it, like right at the peak of the episode. Oh, my God. And it just stopped playing it <laughs> and it refused to play it again. So for the next hour I kept pressing play and it was just spinning around doing like the little spinning wheel of death but it'd play every other episode and I was like why won't it play (gasps) the rest of this episode and I was like maybe this is my team of light being like I'm not gonna let you go listen to any more of this because then it gets in your head and I live in a haunted house in Australia you do yeah well how do you know oh oh it's because of all the things insane my cleaning lady quit because <gasps> Tell um, of the, the house. story of the, um, yeah, the night that you heard the noise and then the... Oh, my okay. gosh. I almost <laughs> forgot that. Shit. Now I've remembered. Yes. Um, I was postpartum with uh, Prairie. She was three days old and my husband had left the day before to go back to America. And so I had this three-day-old baby. Um, it's really cold and like it's a very old house. It used to be a Mormon like, sort of church. It's this old big sort of like yes. a cathedral ceilings, like big ceilings and it's this old place. And um, so I live on this property with my with my mum. She lives in a little granny flat. But I had made her come into the house because I was uh, afraid. So mm-hmm. I was like, mum, can you go sleep in the kids' room? I'll be in my room with the new baby. And I was sort of like half asleep, half awake, and then it was like bam, 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 like really loud on the door and I was like <gasps> the door to her room the door to my bedroom yeah. my bedroom door and it's a very small bedroom because it wasn't set up as a house so it's it's an office basically I turned an office into the master bedroom and then I built another room for the kids um so they've got the bigger room and I've got this small bedroom and so it was like boom, boom, boom on <laughs> my door and I was like oh it's probably one of the kids uh-huh. knocking to come and sleep in my bed which poet often does. She was two and a half at the time. So I heard it again and it was like a loud bang. So I'm like, what is going on? Obviously someone's panicked. I opened the door immediately. Nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. The only thing that was there was my daughter's trike. Nope. Was sitting nope. there. Nothing scarier than a little oh. kid ghost. Okay, yeah. go on. Yeah. It was yep. just like the trike that I don't remember had I didn't think it had been sitting there. And I was like, well, that's weird. I then later find out the story, not from my cleaning lady, um, but her name was Sarah. So, (laughs) hi, Sarah. Um, (laughs) Sarah, my cleaning lady in Australia, she had told my house sitters why she didn't come back. (gasps) So, she would always finish around 6 p.m. as it was getting dark. And she was always there on her own because none of us were home by then. So she would put all the toys off to the side in this in this big lounge area and the trike would always end up rolling into the middle of the room. Nope. And it happened to her four different times. And so at first she would just go and put it back mm-hmm. and then she'd like turn off the lights and she'd go to leave and then she'd hear it and it was there again. So it happened to her four times total. She told my uh, house sitters that that happened and she quit. 
and she <gasps> never came back. And then I heard that after the trike thing had <gasps> happened to me and I was like, oh my God. Oh. It's haunted. And the, 1, other part of the, the other part of the story too is that when you heard the knocking on the door, you realized that that wasn't a child knocking. Oh, well, because it was such a heavy knock. Yeah. So Poet, when she does knock on the door, try to come in, she's two and a half. Yeah. So it's like a little itty-bitty child knock. And then after the fact, I'm like, it was such an aggressive, loud knock that it it did not come from a child. Um, And there have been other weird things like shadow, like a dark male shadowy figure that Nick, my house sitter, saw and he was just staring at this thing and he actually thought it was my my uncle who, um, bless him, um, my uncle who's who kept talking about how he was going to come into the property and, you know, he's like got this connection with dogs. And anyway, it's a long story, but he was like, oh, Teresa's uncle made it onto the property and he's just standing there at the glass in the middle of the night, staring in and looking at me. So he was like, whoa. So he went to get something to be like, get out of here, like get off the property. And it wasn't my uncle. It was a shadow that he saw sort of turn and then disappear. No. Yeah. And and you're not moving? She, no, and well, she's about to go back and, and yeah, I she grew, grew up, up there. I, oh, you grew up there. Okay. I grew up there. It was my dad's house. Oh, okay. And him and my stepmom were like, oh, we, we don't really want to look after 10 acres of land anymore. We're in our 70s. We want to move. So they got like this amazing um, apartment in the city and they said, we're going to sell the place. And I was like, I want the property. So I bought it off my parents. Had they ever experienced anything like that? Yes. My stepmom had, <laughs> but she hadn't told you is she, before is she you bought it. Still or? with us? <laughs> she had had some things happen to her. Unfortunately, her uh, children had passed away. So my stepmom had had some tragedy in her life, uh, but she didn't think it was a ghost, or I think she was convinced. Other people were like, "No, no, no! It was just because you were in a grief cycle." Oh, I see. So I heard that, but then I have now said, "Oh, I think it was a ghost. Like yeah. I'm sure it was because we're having all this activity." So I do think she probably did see a ghost, but you know, um, other people have said, "No, no, no, no! It was just because." I mean, it's easier you're to in like a hard sweep place. things under the rug and call it coincidence, but mm-hmm. I actually just don't think there is. I think I'm in a place now where I'm like, it's not. There is no coincidence. It's like things are happening and they happen, and you either recognize them and say, like, "Yeah, that's mm. legit," or you're like pretending like it doesn't There's just exist. so much unknown stuff in the universe. And so like, true. We can all agree that we actually just don't know what happens. We don't know what happens when we die. We don't, like, how Nobody do we does. know all the, like, intricacies of this universe and this planet? Like, we just don't. So uh, that's why I'm just open to all of it. I'm yep. open to all of it. Would you do a clearing on the house? Like, have someone come clear the house? Or do My you feel like it's a does. friendly... My husband does sage. He does yeah. sage. Yeah. He like burns it and he's like, I want to reclaim the space. Um, but he is not a massive believer. He sort of is open. Has he had any experiences no, himself? No, it happens when he goes. <sighs> That's what's terrifying. Mm. 
Right. And maybe that's why my podcast stopped because I'm about to leave with the four children. I always bring By the yourself? kids. Yeah. Yeah. I always bring the kids with me I know. when I work. She's a warrior. She's doing Hold it on. on her own. Wait, you what? Go, you're traveling by yourself. Are you flying by yourself with four children? So me and four children, but my mom is coming. Okay. Um, but she's kind of like my fifth child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love her so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she, she'll never listen. Don't worry. Oh, she doesn't know how to even, she wouldn't even know what a podcast is. But um, yes. Wow. She's, yeah, she will come and she'll help me like carry a a bag or whatever, which will be great. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I like to bring the kids with me when I work. I'm the crazy person that I get it. Like, just leave. leave I always, yeah, if I bring, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, they just all come with me. So, and we have a school in Australia and we have a school in America. Yeah, how does that work? Yeah, I was just going to say, how does that work? Well, we have just found a school here. We didn't have a school in America for the longest time. Yeah. I'm also just like a paranoid person. I watched too much on the news and I was like, mm-hmm. they, they're just going to school in Australia. They're only going to school in Australia. Right. But then… I decided, like, they're missing out on a huge chunk of education when we live in America. And so we need to find a school. So we finally found this amazing school here that will offer online Mm. when you're away. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an industry school. I think a lot of people in our industry, their kids go to this school. And the class sizes are very tiny. Mm -hmm. So, like, for instance, in my son's class, there's three. Wow. And then the rest are online. So you can, and it's really great because they pro rata as well. So we're not here most of the time. So awesome. like we just pay for when we're here and then. Really? Yeah. It's huh. unbelievable. Wow. It's um, really and my nice. kids are obs- like obsessed. I don't know if I will ever get them back to Australia. I keep saying, yeah, wow. Australian school. But our Australian school is much more traditional. This is like very progressive, very cool, all about self and love and mindfulness. And it's fantastic. And there are dogs on campus. There are like dogs that they play with. And the, yeah. it's just like a different, a really cool yeah, drive. It's like an hour. I was going to say, an hour. I they actually right physically go. That's a they big They physically <laughs> go. But they get organic plant-based food made for them that every single day that the they property. grow seed to table. And so the kids go there and like are just loving it because they're, you know, we're a plant-based family. So it's just been great for us. And I don't have to make any more school lunches in the morning, which is the worst thing in the world. I We were talking about it. When they come back and you see their lunchbox and they've like, Eat barely, yeah, uh-huh. just a portion it's of like what already you've offered molding. them. Yeah. It's oh my goodness, but it's a lot. Um, it's a lot of so then they go online when we're. That's really cool. Yeah, so which, then they don't even necessarily have to go to school in Australia, go, but they the social dynamic I think is really important. And they love like they Bodie in particular has two very best friends Aww. at his school in Australia, so we're keeping that going. And the Australian school's very chill as well. They're like, come and go, whatever. <laughs> come, um, don't come. Yeah, they're like, when are, when are you here? How many weeks a year? I'm like, oh, we'll be here for two weeks, and then we'll leave, and then we'll be back for another like month. And, then, and they've been so great too. So the combination of both schools has worked really well for us. I'm so That's into awesome. that. I love the idea of kind of a traveling band. Mm-hmm. You know, like my husband and I are like, will we ever root? I don't know. 
Like, would we want to go, you know, study somewhere else and live somewhere else? And I would want my kids to go with me everywhere yes. I go. Yeah, same. I like the idea of that being available where you can take the education with you. I think and that's all genius. I know to my kids. Because right. everyone's like, wow, they really, the, their transition is so like easy and seamless. Like going into this school and, you know, yeah. I was shooting a show in Melbourne last year and they just went to a school in Melbourne. Love it. And the teachers keep saying this to us, like, wow, we can't believe. And I was like, but this is all they know. Right. So they haven't been in one school, you know, since they were five years old and they have their solid group of friends. And, like, most kids do have that experience. Yeah. But because we've always just lived our life like this. Um, yeah, it's what they know, so it's that's what, what they're they used to. Yeah, yeah they're exactly. so adaptable. But, like, for me, like now she know that my daughter's older and like in school and, and her friends and everything, yeah. I find it harder. Like if I'm offered a job in another city, like I can't take her. You feel the same, right? Because yeah. I know your kids are probably more traditional, like in the same school. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. And Eric's show has been shooting here for here. the last 14 years. Right. So yeah. And so I like, mean, what a, what a who blessing. Who to say that? I know. Nobody. I no mean, one. He really <laughs> won the lottery. That is yeah. insane. <laughs> it's insane. Wow. It's crazy. But yeah, I I have the same, I go, we talk about this a lot, but I've had the same feeling too, where I'm like, it's hard because they love their school mm -hmm. and their teachers and their friends and everything. So I do kind of bump up against like, it's hard to pull, because I'm like, oh, I know that this festival is coming up and they really love this time of year when this happens and this yeah. happens, you know? Yes. And so I actually did go and shoot a show in Toronto. And I flew <gasps> back and forth every week. Oh my God. And I was like, and it was absolutely insane. It's insane. And I was like, it was either I was gone for 24 hours or four days, but then I had like a, I can't go longer than five days. Mm. And so then I would just be on so many flights every single yeah. week for those months. And then I was like, oh, that, that, that didn't work for me. No. And but you there's know? not a lot of options if Here. you are doing, yeah. yeah. Like, in LA, just which calling is really a show, but I'm calling just it. Calling in. A show thought, in. Yeah, like just manifest it, right? Because yes. I, I know the same as you, and I had to like, you know, not do something because it's the kid. For me, she is number one. Number one. So I'm like, I know. I can't take her away now. Now that they're at this age, like when she was three, we went and did whatever, and mm -hmm. she was fine, and totally. my mom came, and it was the same, you know. But it's really, I don't know. I, 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 it's yeah. I mean, we can't really complain. Like, oh, what. TV show are we gonna like we can't go and do a show you know what I mean yeah. like, it sound like that but yeah what it comes down to is just putting your kids first and they, it's so important they love their yeah exactly and if my partner you know was like if he wasn't working here or if he had more flexibility or like whatever that was that would be different too sure you know like we right. would we could do That's a little different. Yeah, yeah. We, we've even talked about like one day like when the show isn't happening like will we will we be a traveling band mm -hmm. and like go and do something and like even that you know there's like that whole comfort crisis thing where you're like but well, I'm so comfortable mm -hmm. here yeah. so it's like what is my what am I comfortable doing like could I just jump in and be like okay I'm gonna do I'm probably just come end up to Australia. Calling. I'll call Tess and be like, now what? You know, like, <laughs> come live in my haunted house in <laughs> yeah. Australia. I know, Shoot, but I do love right. that. I Me love too. That. I mean, of course, my fantasy and dream is like, absolutely. Like, yes. travel all the experiences yeah. and like take them. And, you know, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. But it's same. also like, you know, and then you're in this pattern and. I've even questioned because my son has gone to a different school every year. 
Yeah. Because he went to one school for preschool, then we moved. Then he went to another school for preschool, then we moved. Then he did kindergarten, we moved first grade. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can I stay here? Right. <laughs> and, and I was like, we'll talk about it. Because <laughs> I'm almost like, maybe we move him. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. maybe we don't let him root because what if we, I don't know. It's like this weird thing. I'm afraid of rooting. Because mm-hmm. then yeah. I'm like, then he's going to get like that core roots in and never want to leave. Like, I almost feel like it would be better to just keep moving. Mm-hmm. Is that crazy? Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I She's like, like mm-hmm. yeah. Mark and I are in a season right now where it's like, we have up leveled. So we're like, we are chasing the work. Like, wherever the work is, we're going to go. And we have gotten really good at creating a home wherever we are. Yes. Yes. I was based in Wales and we were all together. So it's like we set up our little home and we found our favorite restaurants. I love it. We found like the flow and we had this really great little school that the kids went to. And we have lifelong friends in Wales that when we go to London for a work thing, we're going to drive three hours down to Cardiff and go and see our friends. And, you know, we're like one of our friends that we met their three kids, we're all going to meet and go on a ski trip together next year. And um, so that that's our general like idea with it is we are the traveling band, but you can still find that home feeling yes. wherever you are. You can right. still sort of Absolutely. root for that period of time. Um, but you're also lucky to have a partner, a partner, in, that. A partner in that. And also exactly. multiple kids because they can play together. <laughs> like, yes, that's true. You know, true. like you have your whole, yeah, you're, you kind of have troops. like a whole thing yeah. set up. And multiple kids, you're so right about that. Yeah. Because yeah. I've talked to other people about this and they're like, I have friends who only have one child and he's the same age as Bodhi. And they're like, yeah, it's not the same experience no. for him yeah. because he's lonely when, like, the mom goes to work and is shooting. Like, the son's just like, oh, what? A, like, I don't really have any friends here. I don't have siblings to play with. Yeah. So for them, it makes way more sense for, like, my friend, she'll go off and she'll shoot something and then she'll come back right. to her husband yeah. and her son. I think the pandemic really put that into, like, perspective. Major because, focus. Yeah, no siblings. I was like, oh. I am your friend, your mother, your like everything. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't play anymore. Like, no. I'm going to yeah. lose my mind. <laughs> but it's true, you know. You call her a man, uh, what do you Manifest- call her? Master manifester. Master manifester. I want to know why, how, and what. Well, actually, I I do feel like she has spent a lot of time really studying manifesting and like practicing it. And so I call her that because... She, last year, she had, um, we love this stuff, by the way. Live for it. Okay. So yeah. I, <laughs> okay. Just, I went to spirit school. Oh, did, like, you, did you go to the okay. one in um, Santa Monica? I sure USM? did. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So lots of my friends went. We, lo- we love this stuff. Um, and I think like Tez, you know, she's had this manifesting journal thing that she's done for so long. And so all these things started sort of happening for her that she was calling in and we would always talk about them and we would be like, okay, this, okay, this, okay, this. And um, as they were sort of happening, I'm like, whoa, like you wrote that down. This was in your journal, this exact thing. It's so specific, like, Mm -hmm. holy crap. And so then now that some of these things are kind of coming up, 
that she's done. Now um, people are reaching out to her, including myself, and saying like, okay, could you just write this in your journal for me? Um, because- <laughs> I know. I fully started doing that. I've like, but I'm list learning of from that- her. So I'm calling her like a master oh, manifester because I'm learning. Amazing. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And it's not like I want anything, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm at this place where I'm like, oh, I need all these things to be different. I'm just like, I've never even thought about it before. And now I'm going, for, for me, I've always been the person that's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Like, I'm just going to go with the flow and like whatever happens. Like, I don't want to put too much pressure on anyone. Like, I'm just, that's how mm-hmm. I've been. Right. But I'm also like, actually, I think I'm going to be a little bit more specific about, because mm. there's always been things I've been specific about, like when I wanted a child. Yeah. Very specific yes. about right. when and how and what gender and like all the things, right? And so then like, you know, there are things that were specific that definitely happened exactly the way that I was sort of going, oh, that's a coincidence. And then I realized like, no, that's not a coincidence. Right. And even just recently, I had this other thing where we were talking about coincidences, where I was like reading this book, Signs, and Uh. which is so great. I'm barely into signs. And it's talking about like asking for signs, you know, from people. And of course, for me, it always comes back to my dad because I only just lost him in the last like six Mm -hmm. years. And so I was like, oh gosh, I don't know what sign I want to ask my dad for. But maybe it's this or maybe it's this, you know, and I'm sort of like going to bed. And then I realized like, oh, oh no, I have to uh, send an email to Tez about our podcast. And so I jumped out of bed. I was breastfeeding. I jumped out of bed. I go to my phone, grab my phone. And my phone is, it was either my phone or my computer, my computer sitting in like 2006 or 2004, my email. What? It's just sitting in it. And I'm like, that is so weird. I had n- done no searches. There's nothing in the search engine. My email that I just popped up and I was like, that is so strange. And so I like start scrolling through the emails and I was like, oh, that's so strange. It was like a picture of Eric and I from back in the day that I had sent to my dad. And I was like, oh, wow. And then there's this email that's yellow, like like what spam would be. Yeah. It's yellow, but it says my dad's name. So it's highlighted. It's like my eyes are drawn to it. And so I click on the email and it says, hi, Sarah. I've been trying to reach you. <gasps> Call me, oh, Dad. My God. And I was like, okay. Oh. Okay. That's, 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 oh, fuck. That's the sign. <laughs> so me questioning like these coincidences versus signs versus whatever it is, like manifestation, like calling things in. This was that moment where I was like, I had just seven pages into this book and was like, is this stuff legit? Is this are there coincidences? Should I be specific? All of these questions. And then I was like, uh, okay. And I wrote Laura Lynn Jackson on her DM and I just told her about it because I don't know her and yeah. she's completely unattainable. She wrote me back within 20 minutes and was like, that 100% is your sign. And I was like, <gasps> oh my gosh. Like, Everywhere. Everywhere. So anyway, <laughs> we love this stuff. We love it. And love, Tess, love it. please tell us about your master manifesting. Um, Well, I didn't know what it was called, but I realized from a young age that I had been doing it because I would write daily journals. And so it was such a big thing when I was like from 14 to 17, every single day I would write in this journal and I would write it without realizing 
um, I would write it like this, like, I am a famous actress. I am represented <laughs> by William Morris Agency, um, the same agency as Nicole Kidman, who was the, like, the yes. most yeah, famous yeah, Australian yeah. export. I was like, Nicole, you know, I am this, and I've got these pages, these big pages in my journal that I look back now, and it's so wild. They, they're the most treasured things to me that I, I still have them and I read back on them. And to see so many things that came to fruition that I was planting the seeds for mm-hmm. at this age and whether or not you believe in manifestation and manifesting, um, even taking inspired action when you can figure out what it is your big dreams are, even just like the process of breaking it down into these are the things I want, these are the things I want to call into my life, like you will start to take measured steps towards that thing. Mm -hmm. And I did that. I was living with my mum who has um, schizoaffective disorder. So for people who don't know what that is, it's like bipolar but with some schizophrenic tendencies. So it was just me as an only child with my mom and we lived in government housing and we were on the, I remember like I would sit in the front room and there'd be semi-trailers going past my room. It was like, like the whole house would shake. So all my journals, I would say like, I'm sitting in the room and you know, this is what my house is going to look like. I'm going to live in LA and I'm going to be in Hollywood and I'm, you know, all this stuff. And when I was 16, I wrote an email to William Morris Agency, which is hilarious that I did this. And of course, like it would have gone to someone in like the mail room who would have been like, (laughs) whatever. And I was like, hi, my name's Teresa Palmer and I'm really interested in acting and I want to be represented by you guys and you know, whatever. So I remember writing that and just like expecting a reply. I was just like, well, this is just naturally going to happen. It didn't, obviously I didn't hear back from anyone, but of course, like four years later, my opportunity to be represented by William Morris ended up coming to me and I ended up getting signed with uh, Nicole Uh, Kidman's publicist and then I was like at William Morris and all these crazy things like I was in this is how this happened for me and this is like around the time that I met Rachel this was just in the flow of all this happening was um I was in a student film when I was 18 this other 18 year old guy he directed it and we door knocked to get money. I did my own hair and makeup, like this little student film that I saw up at this agency, local agency that I decided to be in. And he cast me in this. We did it. And it ended up premiering at Cannes. <laughs> oh my God. The most inset. Like, I've never had a movie at Cannes since then. <laughs> and my very first film I was ever in as an 18-year-old, it premiered there and we got this 17-minute standing ovation and oh it just, God. like, cracked open everything. Wow. But that's, like, in my head, I was like, that's that's not... Now I look back and I have the perspective, like, these things don't happen. Like, that. that is un believable. But of course, now I've done the work. I'm like, oh, wow, I manifested so much in my life that I'm going to keep working towards it. And in my experience, it's all about being very specific with wording. When you journal, 
you are writing as though it's already happened. That's so right. With my husband, um, I'd been in and out of these relationships and I had been dating people who I liked, but they weren't quite right. They mm-hmm. were, I was always looking for my husband. I was like, I want to have babies. You're always looking for your baby daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Who's my baby daddy? Same. Like, came to earth looking yeah, for him. Yeah. Correction. <laughs> I was like, who is my baby daddy? And then I decided just to write out 10 pages of who he was and I wrote it. I had I had done this two years prior and I'd wrote this out and I wasn't specific with the wording. And in fact, I'd done something that is like a big no-no in the manifesting world, which is, for instance, I wrote like, my husband is like um, sexy and hot, <laughs> but he doesn't have a big nose. My husband, <laughs> or, or whatever it is. Yeah, not and in the negative. The not, like yeah. you're not supposed to put the not in there. And I was like, my husband is like cool and edgy, but not damaged. My husband is, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And so I ended up manifesting this boyfriend at the time who like was all the amazing things that I wanted, but then also all the things that I was like, all the butts. But wait, he's all those butts as well. <laughs> so I kind of learned my lesson and I decided to write it just all in the positive. Like he is this and he is that and is and an animal lover and he wants so many children and he's like a cancer because that was always my like my sign that I would. I loved guys that are cancers, like deep feeling, you know, (laughs) sensitive dudes, always my thing. Um, And he came my way. And like from that moment, I've just been doing it with everything. I've wow. uh, like I journal, I do boards, even her house, boards. her house that she just recently moved into was a um, manifestation, and it, she walked yeah. through the house and was like, "This is my room, and this is yeah. this." And and by the way, so incredibly wildly out of budget, like unbelievably out of budget, that I was like, "I'm doing this for manifesting purposes," right? And I went into each room and somehow. Some way we manifested the house. I love we it. We got wow. the house, like the price dropped and the bit, like we th- we just threw an offer at it, which was just so not. We had to sell our house to be able to get this. And they accepted the offer. And then I wrote down, and we had to get for our house something way more than right. what our house was worth. And I wrote the number on my blackboard and I just wrote it. I wrote it down and we got exactly that number in our bank what? account. What? And we transferred it straight over to the house and it was exactly like to like the last thousand dollars that we needed to be able to get the new house. It's bananas. It, it was, was bananas. I think we just need to be around. Yeah. <laughs> my husband and I have done that for every you know house. What you're doing. No way. Yeah. Every house we've ever had, we do a little heart in the middle of the page and it, I am, and then we do a spoke. I am living in a house that has X, oh. Y, and Z. I am living in a home where I feel part of the community. We do it verbatim, verbatim. The last house we got, we said, I want it to feel like our, oh no, we're living in a house that feels like our wedding. And no one would know what that meant unless they were at our wedding. Yeah. And when we walked into the house, the first thing we saw was this bocce ball court, which was the first thing you saw when you walked into our wedding. And we looked at each other and we're like, holy. Oh, here. Here. Yeah. Yeah, we also manifested a house in our backyard in Granite Wait, Bay. Right. Are we Remember? in your house right now? This is Rob's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh this God. is what my wedding like, Did you not like? see the bocce ball? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> where, where's the bocce ball? <laughs> but I have a very important question on the manifesting because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we I've been working on this for many, many years. And I feel like there's been so many grand 
you know, examples of things I've manifested. Mm-hmm. There's some that I haven't yet. I always say yet. Yes. Right. Yeah. But what in your life when it's come to manifesting, where have you had to give yourself permission where you don't think it's possible? Or what do you do in those circumstances? Does that make sense? I, I feel like the art of manifesting, so many people that I've talked to are like, it just doesn't work for me. And I was like, all right, you can never manifest from a place of lack. Right. Mm. You always have to be in a place of first, the number one key is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Such gratitude for what you presently have. And I am my um my husband's baby mama, who's one of my very good friends, Frankie. She's like, you're just always like, you're just sunny and optimistic. And I was like, I will say that by default, no matter what, I've always been a positive person. So I know that that helps me Mm -hmm. with the manifesting because I am positive by nature. But you need to always be feeling like I have everything I need. I have everything I need. I have everything I need. I'm also calling in this and that and whatever and then letting go. So I don't care how big it is. Like me manifesting the house, I was in a place where I actually... I was lying. I remember we had just seen the house that day, which seemed so massive, like such a massive manifestation because of the price that I was lying next to my son and they were, Bodhi and Poet and Forrest were all sharing a mattress on the floor in our old house in our like basement that we had turned into this weird sort of indoor playground. Do you remember? <laughs> yes. Do you remember that room? Yeah. Well, it, which was like off from the pool. It was like not really meant to be a bedroom, but we had so many kids and <laughs> it became the bedroom. Um, and I'm lying there and you know my son had the stars like up on the <laughs> up on the ceiling and was making this like janky noise and i was like all is perfect i have everything i need right here these beautiful children my husband this like a roof over our heads i'm so grateful mm-hmm. and i remember i was like at the peak of happiness and i just let go and then things started to happened with the house. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I see what's happening here. And the whole time, my husband was like, oh my God, we're not going to have enough money. And oh my God, we need to, I just, I, we're not going to be able to sell the house. Like he is, his default mode is more like stress and anxiety. So it seemed like it wasn't going to happen, but I was actually totally okay, okay with, with it. it. Yeah. I did not care. I was like, the house is beautiful. And even the process of getting this house, this current house ready for the sale, like, it's addressed any of the little issues that I had. And I was like, oh, we could make this a bedroom. And I just felt so good in general about everything that I, I'm sure that that's how the biggest thing manifested for mm-hmm. me. Um, it was like, it's such a mindset thing. And one of like, I've manifested my kids as well. And also yes. I had boy, boy, girl, girl, which is always what I had written that I wanted was boy, boy, girl, girl. And um, next, I really want to call in twins. <laughs> Boy, oh, twins. oh my god! Are you okay? And, 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 our, and oh, then one sick. more, and then one more after um, that. Yeah, is that right? Eight. You want more? Eight's my magic number. So anyway, whatever. I know it's a freak. My nana had eight, and she was always like, "You're gonna have eight. Holy I know. Moly. It's weird. I know it's weird, guys. It's weird. It's not weird. And it's no, beautiful. No, it's, it's actually it's really incredibly it's, beautiful. It's unique to this time. It's unique to this time. Even now, like if I'm saying out loud, like I want to have four kids, I want to have. 
have one more kid. Oh, people, people are you're like, uh, what? And you're the reason why overpopulation <laughs> is a thing. And I'm just like, okay. Well, not okay. If you're raising, My kid's going to save the world. Yeah, so totally. Don't not if, trip. <laughs> not if you're raising conscious-minded, beautiful children who are going to make there a positive impact on the world. Um, but anyway. I, I will say that if there's one thing that you can do every day and that is to get up in the morning and like make a mental note of all the things that you're grateful for. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really does set your day so differently. Yeah, for sure. And to sure. feel it. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I think is the most important is finding bridges. Mm-hmm. Like, because when it comes to manifestation, if you, it has to be like, I always forget the statistics, but like 60% believable. You have to have one part of you Mm -hmm. that believes it's possible. That's Mm -hmm. right. Right? And so it's about finding the bridge to, you know, um, okay, maybe it's not I'm calling in a movie with Tom Cruise. Like that might not be believable. I know she did that. (laughs) My consciousness (laughs) might not think that's believable. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. So mine might be I'm, you know, calling in a movie with Rob. (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) that's my bridge right and so I do think that it's it's about stretching just far enough that we can like have one sort of hope that it's possible if you don't feel like you can get there yeah with the belief yeah then for sure but like I I would say a lot of the people that I like listen to podcast wise I'm obsessed with manifesting podcasts as well um they like figure out a way to believe your biggest dreams, no yes. matter how big they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can you feel it in your body? Tony as Robbins. Though it's happened. There we go. Obs- I'm obsessed with oh, Tony he's Robbins. Great. He's so great. He's the best. I love him. I think he's so great. Um, he's so high vibe. Have you done the uh, priming videos? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, I love them. Oh, they're so good. They prime you in the morning so that you feel really? your biggest dream every morning. Oh, wow. I need to get back into that. I love that. Well, I always say to my husband, like, because he has a tendency, like, he grew up in, you know, he was a homeless kid in Philadelphia. He grew up in the skid row of Philadelphia Mm -hmm. called Kensington. Mm -hmm. So, like, my husband's been stabbed in the back. He's had, he's, like, had crazy life experiences and was a homeless boy. So, his conditioning and his childhood trauma means that oftentimes his default is to be in a place of, like, fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And, like, what's going to go wrong? There's anxiety and there's worry. And it's so hard because... He also is a huge manifester and he's and he he's the one that teaches me. I always say dreams work. He was lying in a building, in an abandoned building when he was about eight years old and it was freezing cold, you know, winter Philadelphia. And he was looking up at the ceiling and there was a crack where the snow was coming in. But there was a star that he would always look at each night. And he remembers seeing the DreamWorks, you know, Steven yeah. Spielberg's. Mm-hmm. DreamWorks, the logo, and he used to think that it was dreams work. So he would look up at the star because he wanted to be an actor and he would be like, dreams work, dreams work. I know. And he got out of his homelessness. He like got an amazing agent. He just like this kid that, and so for anyone who's like, well, you know, there's, you have privilege. Like you have pri- being a white person, being, I'm someone who was raised in Australia. I have privilege. And Mark, he was also privileged, 
but he was living on the streets. Yeah. He had no money. He was in the most impoverished neighbourhood ever. His mum still lives there, even though, by the way, we help her. She lives in this community and she wants to stay in the community right. and help the community. That's her yeah. calling. But he pulled himself out of that place mm-hmm. and he worked very hard and he's now in a beautiful, wonderful place. But, yeah, so it's, it is about mindset yeah. and sometimes he will fall back into the place of like, I'm worried, I'm afraid. But we always tell each other, let's be grateful for the fact that we get the privilege of living one more day, even just waking up in the morning. Not everyone is afforded that opportunity. True. So I guess that's that's kind of it. Ugh. And if you want to dive further into the work, um, this woman that we interviewed called Stephanie Keith, she has this incredible podcast called the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast, which is one that I listen to all the time. And then there's also the Law of Attraction Changed My Life. That is another podcast that I love, love, She's love. very funny too. Um, she's very <laughs> funny. Yeah. So I think we all we, need what? a little reprogramming. Even you saying like, we get to live one more day. My mind automatically goes to, oh my God, like I could die tomorrow. Like my anxiety and like everything it brings up for me. But the one other thing I wanted to talk about mindset-wise quickly was when you were talking about your manifesting in the house and everything else, a lot of it has to do with surrender and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Mm Because I feel like that's the place you got to where you were like, I'm actually great. Like where exactly. I'm at. I'm mm-hmm. surrendering. I'm not going to obsess like, no, I'm manifesting this. I need this house. You were exactly. like, then it won't manifest. Then it won't manifest. You it's can't about hold surrendering. It. That happens yeah. to me all the time where I'm like worried, worried, worried. And then I'm like, no, no, I'm going to surrender to this. That's right. I accept this. And then almost like instantly mm-hmm. what you're like looking for or searching for like is, you know, is affirmed or whatever. And it's just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the universe like takes and puts these little nuggets in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you talk about sometimes how you get an idea and like Stephanie talks about this on her podcast, but like you get an idea and then we're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with that later. And it's like, no, that is the moment right. that you need to do whatever that is. Right. Like that moment, like that happened to me with the book where like I was breastfeeding and I got this idea and I just started like writing it and I wrote the whole thing on my iPhone. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And it was like a download from the universe. Mm-hmm. Like it happened. I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? What is this? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And then like, I sent it to my agent and was just like, she'll probably laugh at me, but whatever, you know? And then it, she was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can write kids books, okay. And then she was like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> what is this, you know? Uh-huh. But just like the, you get a nugget, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're, do you go, I'm afraid of that. Or I don't, I don't think. Or you lean in. Or you lean right. in. And if you are afraid, you should lean in even more. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. right? Because that's also bravery. It is. I love what Elise Meyer said. Like, yeah. we can do things that scare us. Yeah, because if you right. do it scared, then you're being brave. You are. And you can survive anything. Yeah. As far as inside. Yes. Not, except for not like, yeah, not like tornadoes or like necessarily, <laughs> but like, yes, anything. Um, we like to do something a little fun to like, you Great. know, round it out. Yeah. It. Do We've it. been so, you know. You guys are We just so like to awesome. pull random ass cards. Okay. Random ass cards. We like to do. Uh, okay. Oh. I'm going to okay. start off with, would you let your best friend breastfeed your baby? Yes. Oh, totally. And I've done it. Have you guys done it? Yeah. No. You too? I have. Oh, no, I haven't breastfed any of yours, but my <laughs> best friend Kat uh, breastfed my son when I had to take the other one to the hospital. I was like, just breastfeed him. That's <gasps> beautiful. I love it. And he did. She's, and Amazing. she was my jeweler. I love my bestie. it. Yeah. 
That's so rad. We used to have Elliot, mine, go up to your boob and he'd get right to her nipple and then he'd not take it. Oh, really? And Rachel would be like this and I'd be like, just let him, just let him. I know, I'd be like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can. And he'd come like right up to it and then he'd stop. Yeah. She was down, she was down. I mean, if I had to, I would. Yeah. (laughs) That's really cute. I'd breastfeed your kids, Sarah. I know, I'd breastfeed yours too. Okay, (laughs) Would it? Don't you feel like, I mean, was it Selma Hayek who just was somewhere? and just put the kid on. Put that yeah, like I feel yeah. like I, want I still to. want to breastfeed. Yeah. I'm not yeah. breastfeeding anymore and I miss it terribly. Oh, I'm breastfeeding two at the moment. See, and I one love of them's that. almost four. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're doing three. three? Is that what you said? Two yeah. tandem, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. I love it. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. If for some reason you could not have sex with your husband for the rest of your life, <laughs> would you let your best friend Surface him. Surface? What does that Surface mean? Service. Him. Oh, service. Pleasure oh. him. Oh, would I let my best friend... Can't he just do it himself? <laughs> he can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why the question's there, I guess. Sarah's like... What would you do? Yeah. Sarah's like, no. It's- <laughs> I'm like, hmm... I get there's moments like, when friend? I get wobbly about these things, and then there's other moments where I'm like, that'd be hot. I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a way to make it kinky. Oh, no. <laughs> well, would you watch? If you want to, you can do whatever. I mean, my this is your fantasy. Would be so, so down with this, like, I'm yeah, sure he would be I know, so right? down. Whose yeah. husband wouldn't? Be yeah, I know. I know, right? Oh, can you imagine husband like I just I can't do that. I just I don't like, know. It just feels weird. I know. To me, you know? I, there's moments when I'm like so like territorial, and then there's other moments where I'm like I don't know. Like in my third pregnancy, I was oh, like, yeah, she was like, just rough. Yeah, I was just like, Whoo, no, no. In? I was like hormonally raging. I was oh, like okay. down for it all. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I know. Um, Okay. Would you have sex while your baby is in the room? I've done it. I was going to say, you probably have, right? Yeah. That's most I'm not sure how you don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he co sleep as well. It's like, (laughs) you're just sleeping. Shove them over a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe in platonic relationships? Do you think men can have platonic relationships with with women and not want to have sex with them? I do. My husband has, Me like, too. and he always has had um, multiple. And I think that's probably where I got wobbly at the beginning of our relationship was that he was just so comfortably friends with like ex girlfriends mm-hmm. and with women and whatever. And I was always kind of like, oh, like I don't see, like I couldn't put put it all together in my brain. Um, but then like it, I just got so used to it, and now I'm like, that's that's him. Like he's really good friends with one of my friends, yeah. Nikki. Nikki, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, they have their own thing and it's great i, I love agree that. Yeah, yeah i agree yeah i um, have friends that are it's platonic like it it, it, it is so like i don't have that many guy friends i know i, I was just trying to think i don't think i do either i feel like i like had a um friend breakup recently with a guy oh. who was a friend of mine yeah who i was on the show with um at discover which is and he just hit me up again. But I still feel like my husband would be like, oh, you're messaging him again, are you? Oh. Right. And I'm like, but what? No. I, but I just don't. I don't really have that many male friends. Well, honestly, I feel like it's, how do we have time? Yeah, that right? is true. We have so many kids. So many kids. And, and I love even my girlfriends so yes, much. Same. Right. And I get so much from my 
my female relationships. Oh, yeah. Same. I, yeah. Like, I get yeah. why men want to have platonic friendships with women. We're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. You yeah. Know. But yes, absolutely. Um, okay. What's the weirdest kink or fetish you've experienced in your dating life? This was obviously a very long time ago. <laughs> Sarah started to sweat. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think because I really didn't date much. Oh, because you were married really yeah, early. Yeah, really young. Yeah, And then Eric. I don't have a weird kink no. or fetish. Sorry. No. Teresa, I feel like you I definitely have so do. Many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she knows some of the people I dated. Um, oh, well, I there was a tie-up in a closet in a little uh, French maid outfit. Hey, wow. Okay. With a little z- z- That sounds one fun. One of those. Um, that was fun. 2008, that was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not with anyone that we mutually know. Not with the person we I mutually don't think, I think know. I would know. You would the know. One you would for know. Sure. No, no. Teresa and I have, you know, a common, a common shared, shared a lover. Is that what is that? <laughs> Do what we, we call it that? that? Yeah. yeah I guess, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was, he was your boyfriend though. He, he was. was. Yeah. I guess he was not my boyfriend. You were with dated him. Him. No. <laughs> he was my boyfriend after. Yeah. He was my, it was wild. He was my boyfriend when you were doing Jumper. Right. Oh, you wow. guys had broken up during yes. Jumper. Yes. And then I started dating him. And so I, but I had met Hayden on Jumper. So it was this weird thing. And he that was like, whole that whole thing, thing is so bizarre. So bizarre. I can't believe we didn't even get into it. Anyway, when you come on our podcast, yeah, we'll, we'll have there. to talk Absolutely. about it. Yeah, because we all three have Doug Lyman in common too. We do. Yes. Which is wild. Yes. yes. Yeah. Who I'm obsessed with. So I, I love him. Obsessed. Obsessed. I, I know. I know. You, yes. Love him so much. Love him to death. Um, So funny. Yeah. Uh, so funny. But that wasn't the fetish. That, okay. Well, he no. was not the fetish. No, he was no. not the fetish person. <laughs> no, we can both. I and I'm very that. like not super kinky, so that was like a big mind blowing. Like, oh, but was it fun is, for oh. you? It was just eye opening. I was like, I guess this is um this is what people do, and um, <laughs> so I just kind of went with it. <laughs> I love and it. now it's really funny to go back and I'm like, oh my God, my husband like cannot believe that that was a part of my um, past. But uh, he loves but hearing he the stories. Into it? Yeah, I bet he's, he loves like, hearing <laughs> the stories. He was like, oh my God, what so is that? Like, I think it's yeah. so fun. I grew up so religious that like, <laughs> I mean, I was Shame. such a hardcore, yeah, preacher's kid that like the idea of I couldn't anything. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, I'm supposed to go to Victoria's Secret, buy like an outfit, and then yeah, <laughs> get I married. <laughs> and then, like, I married someone who's like couldn't care less about any of that. He's like, you look hot in a t-shirt, and I'm like, great. Cool. I don't right. buy any of that stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my god. Nice. Um. So on that note, our our last thing we play, Mary Berry one night stand. Yeah, M- Mary. Oh, Mary. It's Barry. Barry. Okay. You know, it's yeah. Got it. Okay. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Riz Ahmed. Oh, I love him. He's from um, the show that I loved. The what? Night of. The Night of. Oh, yes. yeah, that was yes. such yes. a good yes, show. I want to marry him. Yeah, I'll marry him. Wait, who is the second one? Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Mark. oh, oh, okay. So it's Mary Barry. What's the other thing? One, One night, night stand. stand. Um, uh, Mark Wahlberg, I guess, would be my Mary, and then Barry would be Macaulay Culkin. 
Same. Oh no. I have no idea. I don't know any of these people. Right. And then the other, and then what is Where it? Is, one night stand? Oh yeah. And then the. He's a gorgeous. That great. Guy. Yeah. He I'll, is. One night stand. I'll do that. I'll I want to. I want to marry Riz, and uh, I'll one night stand Mark Wahlberg. I used to see him at church when I used to, when my mum would make me go to church every Easter. I would see Mark Wahlberg yeah. at the church of Beverly Hills. He I went know to the what Catholic church. church. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he would go there. I remember yeah. seeing him. Um, and then I guess that means I'll bury poor old McCulkey. 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 going down. But I feel bad because he's such a huge thing in our family because we watch all of Sorry that we're burying you, McCulkey. Yeah, we're yeah. Not, we we're love not your really, movies. We're not really burying you. No, movies. No. You're an icon in my household. Super icon. <laughs> yeah. Totes. Big time. Um, <laughs> this was so much fun. And I love how open you ladies are and how we were able to... It's just been so awesome and happy to talk to you and see you I again. Know. And, yes, you too. You know, it's just so crazy to think how long. It's just... I know. It really puts things into perspective. You're like, oh. It's true. <laughs> how old am I? <laughs> Gonna be I'm 40 this 36. year. 36. You're 36. You're going to be 40? In September. That's so exciting. Yeah. September. It's pretty awesome. 28. Mm, That's my son's birthday. Really? Oh, my God. He's a little Libra. He's a Libra. I'm a Libra, too. Oh, my gosh. Wait. It's Elliot is Mm -hmm. the Libra? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. You mm-hmm. were talking about stuff with him, and I was like, yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but we're yeah. very sensitive. Very Libras. sensitive. Yeah. yeah. I love a Libra. I might try and aim for that for the twins. Nice. Oh that God. would be good for twins. <laughs> I love that. Do twins even run in either they of your family? Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What you got? are you? Pisces. Oh, I love Pisces. I'm a little melty You're Pisces. You're one fish <laughs> up and one fish yeah. down and yeah. all the good stuff. Yeah. yeah I love Pisces. Sign. What are you? Virgo. Virgo. Oh, yeah. That was my ex. That was the one who was both. That was the fetish? No, not the fetish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Why would you be into that? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Am I? Am I in a French maid costume She's right like, now? She's like, I related to that a lot. I Let me, hold like, on. You know Let what? me show you my underwear. <laughs> show yeah. them the picture. <laughs> I one? remember the picture that you were saying on the podcast before that you went and did that photo shoot and you've got like the little sexy. I was like, I did one of those. I did oh, like a God. hottest one, like Maxim or something. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. always the ones that resurface. And, and you're then like, why? People try and get you to sign them, uh-huh. like the hot ones. My publicist would always say to me at those things, like, don't sign those ones because they're really? the ones that they'll go and sign, like, they'll go and sell uh-huh. the ones like with you in the little itty bitty teeny bikini. Right. Yeah. So she's like, Ignore those ones. Never oh. sign them. Yeah. I always sign them. Oh, what does that say about me? Same. I'm like, you know what? Go ahead. If yeah. this gets you a dollar, maybe Great. if it's worth that. I'm like, oh, that was a good fashion choice. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> Oh my god! All oh, the joys. All right. Well, we'll Thanks, definitely guys. have to talk more. And I know. Come on. We didn't even like Excited. talk when we did talk about your podcast, but it's super exciting. The mother days and thank you. Love it. Love what you're doing and your book and everything and. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you so so much. (laughs) It's not sweet, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I can make it. I'll make it sweeter. Rob, I praised you for bringing me. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Broad Ideas. I'm just in the middle of praising Rob for bringing me 
He brought me. Okay, here's the well, story. Wait, no, he brought. Yeah, let's hear your version of the story. He brought me a latte. Why did he bring? So Rob always brings us matcha. It's kind of a tradition that he really hates that he started because he's always expected to bring us the very fancy matcha. Yeah, and the, the one time I didn't, I got hell for it. <laughs> Olivia really gets mad if she doesn't have her matcha. I've gotten I, mad twice though. Twice. Yeah. I can't drink that much caffeine right now. Number one, that's not the real reason. The real reason is I got a stomach flu. And after that, I just didn't want it anymore. For some reason, matcha took the fall. And and surprise, surprise, Rachel's not the best communicator. Yeah. What? <laughs> what do you mean? So you just let it sit there instead you of let saying, me just Rob. bring it for you no, six more I, times. No, because I keep wanting, I want it back. Yeah. I get that. You know what I mean? I yeah. want it. I want to want it. Yeah. So I have not given up yet. Poor Rob. Well, you're going anyway. It's not like you're going out of the way just for me. If you were, I would never, <laughs> ever have it's like a that. $6 matcha. Yeah, he's like throwing money down the drain. And what happens is I bring her the matcha and she has like four sips. Yeah. And then there's a full matcha thrown I'm away. Sorry. Every okay, don't bring me drinks anymore until I feel like I'm ready to dive back in. Well, you don't want that. that latte? No, well, I was... Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to have that much caffeine right now. Oh. Because I have a cyst on my ovary <laughs> that is um, needs to shrink, and I don't think caffeine's great for it. Why? Did someone tell you this, or this is just what you think? <laughs> it's possible. It's just what I think. Okay. It's also possible. I read it on the internet that knows all. Can we yeah. ask Jeff? <laughs> what, should we phone a friend? No, yeah. no, no. Right. Okay, no, right. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but I love caffeine. I also think caffeine has been adding to my anxiety, so I'm questioning if I need to weed it out. Well, that's what... I mean, matcha's a, like, mellower caffeine. So really, I need to just get back on the matcha train. Or tea. I thought green tea had more caffeine. Anyway, there's studies. We don't have to get into it. We're all about manifesting now. How do you feel about manifesting, Rob? I'm pretty much in the same position I felt about manifesting before. This what is that? What I'd is that? We love, we want to hear this position. <laughs> I don't know. I have very uh, neutral position on it. I, I, I don't would think really about it like to ever. hear it though. Yeah. I don't think about it ever. I don't, I don't think I have a you're position. You're a very logical brain and I feel like anytime we get into that kind of stuff, you're just like, Meh. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but do you have goals? Mm -hmm. What are your goals, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> Let's help them into actuality. What are Wait, but like, how does that work for you? You're like, okay, I want to achieve this. What is that process? Um, I don't have super specific ones right now because... I'm living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. My goals have evolved. And like, I didn't think I'd be making podcasts. And I ended up making podcasts and it's working out. So... <laughs> Rob is so just his life is like monotone <laughs> you know okay alright what are your goals Olivia shut up Rachel no oh. <laughs> jeez it's acting yeah what are your goals this was a act. really good lesson for you this conversation and I think Teresa was an amazing influence in your what you feel are your insecurities both of them were what both what they both inspired me to oh yeah sarah and Teresa. so of course. hearing someone really own their part in their manifesting of their dreams and their life and everything always ignites me because mm -hmm. i i feel like i spend a lot of time helping other people do that yeah and it woke up 
that I want to do it for myself. Right. Right. And the truth is I want to act. I want to go back into acting. And another thing that Sarah really said was when you get those hunches, when you get those gut feelings, take action on them now. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got a gut feeling the other day to reach out to an old friend. Yes. And we're going to have lunch. And I thought of Sarah because I had the feeling and I was going to go about, you know, something about my own day. And instead, I don't know. Something about my own day. I was going to go around something about my own day. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, instead of ignoring the hunch, I reached out to her because she's killing it and like writing films and directing and She's just like a light. She's in this inspiring world. and She's motivating. She's super inspiring, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want to sit down with you and learn your process. And that's what you're that doing. was based on a hunch. Yeah, and I followed it because of our conversation with Teresa and Sarah. And when you reached out to her, she was like, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Who would you reach out to? A She's my friend. Oh. <laughs> her name is Nadine. A friend of hers. But that's so, you know, you got to follow those hunches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find someone that has what you want and find out how they got I think it. it's important yeah. to surround yourself with people that inspire and motivate, that like you really admire, you know? Yeah. Is that why you're around I was me gonna so say, much? That's <laughs> my joke. That's why you hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. So what do you want, little Rachel face? I want my sis to go away. No, I want... A lot of things. Financial security. You put me in the hot seat. What do I want? Oh, you know what I want? I want to get a fucking handle on my anxiety. Can that be something? Yeah. Is that a cop out? Yeah. Because don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? 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 What do you I want? You made me say I want acting, and you know that's like oh, a vulnerable thing. Oh, what I want to thing. say, Olivia's taking an improv class at UCB, United Citizens Brigade, and I am so fucking proud of her. Did Fridays I say that at, wrong? Yeah, Fridays at 11 a.m. if anyone wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of her because that would intimidate the shit out of me. So good for fucking you. Thank you. I wish I had the balls. I should have done it with you. Jeff asked me, he's like, doesn't that scare the shit out of you? And I'm like, no. Like that to me feels more comfortable. Yeah. Than a lot of things. Yeah, I get that. Because it's like with but improv, improv is you don't use your brain. Right. right? You just react. Yeah. I'm excited. We'll see. For you. Maybe it'll be frightening. I think you use your brain. You're so. not doing like, I know you stand do. up. I, I think stand up is the most frightening thing. Next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my first set. <laughs> okay, so what do you what want? What do I want? I want, you know what I always like, you know when oh, I can't tell my wish. Like, you know, at like 11, 11 on the clock, you make a wish, right? But you're not supposed to say your wish. I feel like you're avoiding the vulnerability of the question. No, I literally, because I don't have a specific thing that I'm like... I know of I you. understand. I, right? That's how I feel. I Yeah. I want to continue you, just... I don't know. It feels like setting those goals I'm makes fa- it hard to stay present and just kind of... Right. I generalize. Like, I'm like, happiness... Mm-hmm. Like success and whatever that means for you. You want a sitcom? Oh yeah, I do want a sitcom. Yeah, fuck yeah, I want a multicam that shoots in LA. That shoots in LA. See, you do know what you want. And Rob, I know something you want that I want that Rachel wants. What? She's just, just she's just remembering what this conversation <laughs> was. What is it? Broad ideas to be the number one podcast in all the world. I don't know if we said that. I did. Oh. I thought we were just like, Rob top said, 10. 
<laughs> top 10 is good. Top 100 is good, isn't it? Or no? Yeah. Top 100 would be great. Rob, you know what I would love to see? <laughs> Rob in an improv class. He would fucking slay. No thanks. He's too shy. He's yeah. like too introverted in that way. Yeah. But that's why it works with us. The dynamic. Yes. You know? He could not be more opposite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) although Rob and I are uh, like way too alike in like a lot of ways that makes Rob very uncomfortable (laughs) do you guys get waxed at the same place (laughs) causes us to fight too it does we're very how are you guys alike Rob do tell just I I feel like we have very similar personalities (laughs) wait but not wait in obvious ways do tell stubbornness yes oh okay Stubbornness. Oh, you mean like like, character defects? Maybe. (laughs) It'll always be like trying to think of an example, and and Rob will get so annoyed because he'll be like, "Oh no!" Like I'll either there will be taste things that are yeah share similarities align. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, or like in ordering things, and he'll just be really bothered that if I like want to order something the same exact way that he was thinking, like it bothers him. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Why? Because he doesn't want us to be that similar. <laughs> no. I had another host who was a really rich, famous lady that made me uncomfortable when we had similar tastes. Are you saying I'm a really, like, old, rich, famous lady? Uh, you're, like, somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> middle age. Like, older, not super rich, but probably has <laughs> some money. <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> Rob, really... Chaps on my eyes. <laughs> you know who um, is not like Rob at all? You, me, yeah. I'm not like that's you why at you all and Rob either. Get We're along different. So well. And that's why you and yeah, yeah. Along. It's true. Yes, Rob. Yeah. Imagine this podcast if it was just the two of you. <laughs> it would just be us fighting. It would be yeah. us fighting. It would have been dead a long time ago. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay, guys. Uh, thank God for Olivia. <laughs> thank God for Rachel. Rob's gonna say thank God for Rob <laughs> thank God for Rob really yeah. we've got to take a moment of do you silence. know people really love you Rob love Rob they love when Rob chimes in go for it chime I don't like it. I don't accept that <laughs> makes me why? uncomfortable why why does that make you uncomfortable acknowledging it I think makes me uncomfortable you want to pretend it's not happening yeah yeah would it make you more uncomfortable if they were mean? No. Or no, yes, it would make me more uncomfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you meant what I like it more. Well, Are you uncomfortable like in life, Rob? No. You're very comfortable. You know what always surprises me? Because you're so quiet generally, if like people don't know you. Mm-hmm. You have so many friends you just like go out with, like vacation with. And I'm thinking, does he talk? Does like, he what's talk? I have <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I have more like intimate relationships that are more one-on-one than like group settings. You're a one-on-one person. Yeah. I'm going through that with Briar right now and like friends from school because they're all into like one-on-one instead of like groups or threes. Threes are really hard. Mm-hmm. Threes are hard. And we're trying to navigate that and they really just want one-on-one. Yeah, I hate threes. We do really <laughs> well in a three though. I will say Olivia, Leah and I are a good three. We're a fucking great three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can do a three if it's the people if I'm comfortable older. with and can like trust. When you hit 40, maybe you can do Yeah, yeah, maybe. What made you so comfortable with us? It was my openness and willingness to talk shit about people. 
that. No, no but like... Because I went away very quick. <laughs> no, because you are. You're, I feel like you're 100% yourself. Do you regret think, asking me to start no, a podcast? No, 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 no. I, th- I have to get past a certain point to trust people to do that. Mm. How long did it take you to get to that point with us? I got there pretty quickly with you just because I got stuck <laughs> on Zoom with you for an hour. <laughs> Trying to help me figure out how figure to do out how anything. Computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We got comfortable real quick. I was like, Rob. <laughs> I know. You're like, Rob, I'm having a problem with my banking app. <laughs> Can you help me? She'll ask you the most fucking out there things to help her with. She'll be like, Rob, my app's not of- working for my doctor appointment. Can <laughs> you help me? I need a lot of help in life, you guys. And, and I'm like, this doesn't really fall under his, you know, category. What do you mean? Friend? Everything well, no, falls I know. under that I'm just category. saying it started real fast. It was yeah, like, Rob? Fast. Yeah, Rob, I can't. My Wi-Fi extender's not working. Until I get yeah. internet in my closet. <laughs> Literally. You're like, you need to buy this. <laughs> but he does it. I know. I need to learn how to do things. I don't know what that is. It might not be possible at this point. (laughs) I think you're right. Outsource. I need help. I need hand-holding a lot. But I do a lot on my own. I'm always alone. Yeah. I handle everything. It's just certain things. My brain doesn't work that way. Well, I'm unfortunately not going anywhere either. (laughs) (laughs) Is that funny, Olivia? (laughs) Is that funny over there? I'm (laughs) laughing. Guys, I get a lot of the questions still from people that want us to talk about things. Do you want to answer any of them? If you had a dick for a day, what would you do with it, Olivia? Oh, God. That's <laughs> you're a- looking at me as you're reading <laughs> that to her. Too. I'm just going to make eye contact with her. I the whole had time. a dick for a day. Yeah. I would probably slip into some, like... <laughs> Satin boxer? Like, no, I was going to say like slip into some like hot girl's DM. If you had a dick for a day, you're just going to talk to a girl on yeah, DM? 24 hours. Okay, 24. Don't you think it's interesting to feel like what it's like to come with like a penis as opposed to a vagina? Just, I'm immediately going to jerk myself off. Well, no, I aren't you like a little, like why do guys? That's why I'm slipping into her DM. But you only have it for a day. Like are you going to yeah, land her within a day? I mean, if I had a dick, maybe I'd hit you up. (laughs) What's up, Rachel? (laughs) Well, you know, that tends to work with me. That's that's a good question. Uh, What? If you had a dick for a day, would you... uh, Would I bang Rachel? Would you fuck Rachel? Oh, no. But it'd still be That's like sibling stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's like incestual. I would totally totally, like sleep with someone, though. That's what I mean. I'd have sex with someone. You said I would would slip into someone's DM. (laughs) I mean, like, in order to get her to, like, have sex with me. How about you just, like, overstep that part and just say, like, oh, I would totally want to, like... Yeah, but how are you going to make it happen? Why do you have well, to? We don't need to know so that. Like practical. you're gonna go take a shower and. Well, I'm gonna take her on a date. We're going to Pache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask for halfsies on the bill. <laughs> do you have any friends that you would do it with? No, that you would feel comfortable. No, friend, like like no. friends. Like I or could do never. You know I could never fuck like you or Leah. Like the, no. no, no, because they're like your best friends. Like that's okay, Rob. If you had a vagina for a day, who would you want to fuck you? <laughs> I don't think it goes that way for me. <laughs> it does. Why not? Why? Well, Why is it only one way? I don't think way? I want to feel what it feels like to be fucked in a vagina. You yeah, don't? You, do. well, you don't want to feel like it's like to have an orgasm with a vagina? Not particularly. 
Why? Is you're not curious at all? See, because I feel like guys feel like they're superior in how they're come, like how it feels. They're like, this is the no. fuck. Like they have shit that ejaculate in a way that it's okay. not for yeah, women. Oh, that, yes, for sure it is. But I just wonder, because it does seem like more of a release and a reward for men who come because they actually have, sh- I mean, girls who score it, we've had this debate, but they actually have. <laughs> have we on well, the show? Oh, I, have we not? <laughs> <laughs> but a guy, a guy can take it if it's something that he wants. To experience what that feels like. What? A, a guy can get fucked right. in the butt. In his yeah, but you don't know a what it's like. A girl can't fuck. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, a, right, it's right, different. Right, right. You, like, you have the option to fuck. It yeah, but it doesn't feel the same. I, yeah, but sure, it doesn't feel... I'm just talking about the sensation of having an orgasm from a vagina rather than a penis. Uh, that's not high on my okay. list of... <laughs> Would you get a hooker? Like... Wait, if I only had one day, one day and I really felt like I needed to experience this. Or is there someone you know that you'd be like, not But the dick's going to go away, with. right? I don't have to worry about like STDs. Yeah, you could go get a high-end escort. <laughs> yeah. Oh I would God. also pee in my front yard. Oh, man. That would be the best part. Just, Just being swim. able to pee anywhere whenever <laughs> you fucking want. So my would favorite you? part of yeah. having a baby in the hospital. <laughs> I thought you were going to say my favorite part of having a dick for a day. No. <laughs> my favorite part of having a baby was the catheter. Because you don't feel it. And Ugh. you don't even have to know when you're peeing. It just happens. It's amazing. I get pee fright all the time. Like when Teresa and Sarah showed up, I was in the bathroom and it's connected to the room we were recording. I could not pee for like a solid two minutes because I'm like, they can hear me. And I'm frozen. Well, all of us were around the listening. <laughs> you listen catheter. to my peeing? Catheter. Mm-hmm. Catheter. Um, okay. Yes. If you were going to have a penis for a day, yes. would you rather Freaky Friday and be in someone else's body and see what that feels like? Like or would be a you man? rather be Just you, you with have a, a penis. <laughs> oh, right. I'd rather Freaky Friday. I'd rather be like a dude with a dick than me with a dick for sure. Okay, if you had to... Well, this is such a stupid question. But what, what man's body would you choose to be in? And don't say Jeff's. Oh, I was... I, I thought you were going to say don't say Brad Pitt because that's I not was. obvious. Go to. <laughs> that's what I was No, I say. would want someone with like super swag like Joel Kinnaman or like Channing oh, Tatum or like someone... Joel. Joel has fucking swag, dude. Swag. I mean, I don't know in real life, but like from the show. On The Killing, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. This dude is... Has swag. I saw him once at the airport. I know you did. At LAX. And I was alone with Briar. And it was like Christmas time. So we had so much shit. And she was young. And she was on one of those suitcases she sits on. And I have to wheel her around. And everything was falling all over the place. I'm sweating. I'm like trying to carry everything. Like, you know, I needed assistance. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I like look up. I'm like sweat. Like my hair is like stuck to my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) And I look up and it's Joel Kinnaman. And I'm like. And he looks so fucking hot. Tall. Very tall. tall. And I'm just like, and I look up like with the hair like stuck to me. Like I woke up after a drunken night with slobber. And uh, he just looked and he smiled. And I was like, thank you for taking pity on me as I struggle with all of these things. <laughs> that was my moment. That's who you would be? Oh, that's what we were talking about, huh? <laughs> <laughs> She's just still turning She's red. fantasizing about Joel. Yeah. I am. Oh, how embarrassing that was. I don't know if I'd be him. Who would you be? Well, I actually... mm, I'm trying to think who the hottest girl is. So I wouldn't care to be the hottest guy. Why? But we're talking about having a dick for a day. Yeah, but I'd want to fuck their girl. 
Oh, so you're saying Do you who's know what you're, who? just, you're just transporting straight into a marriage. Well, <laughs> I'm just like, if I'm going to be a guy for monogamous. one day, I want... You want the whole experience. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's and very well we're like, out. if we're going to be him, he's sleeping with Yeah, well, you her. have to track her cycle as well. I'm going to so get her pregnant, pregnant on that. She's like, I'm yeah. fucking <laughs> sealing this and deal. <laughs> freaky Fridaying myself out of that situation. Um, I'm trying to think. You know who I think is really hot as a female that I would, I, I would, I could do Channing Tatum. I was gonna say if you do Zoe Channing, Kravitz. Zoe yeah, Kravitz. she's so hot. She's one that is like really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Do you're taking mine? Oh, did you see? Him? I sure did. Oh, <laughs> you guys can take turns. <laughs> That's fine. You one day, me the next. Yeah. I like okay. It. Okay. We're settled. We settled. <laughs> That's settled. But Rob, you have to pick. Pick what? If you're you're a girl for a day, who are you? <laughs> I said I don't want. Well, you, you, you have to be girl. any girl. You don't have to have sex with a You whatever, could be a lesbian. Right? You could be a lesbian. Absolutely. Who are you freaky Fridaying with? I mean, this seems much creepier with me answering this than... Now remember, whoever you're freaky Fridaying with, they're going to be with Natalie. So be careful who you pick. Oh. The woman? Are? Yeah, I just threw that in the mix. <laughs> yeah. What, what does that even mean? I I'm, don't I'm picking bodies. a woman, so she's... And she's going to be you. Taking my body. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have an answer for this. Oh, well, we're not going to stop until you what do. You have to pick out. someone. What a fucking cop out. What about like... Um... Allie Wong. <laughs> <laughs> God, that took me a second. <laughs> that was good, Rob. That was a good joke, Rob. <laughs> okay, we're done. Yeah, that's it. All right. I pick Ali Wong. <sighs> nice. Thanks, Broadians, for sticking with us. And thank you, Teresa and Sarah, our new long, oh, long lost friends. Have... Oh, what? no, we we're, were being guys. I was going to say we should have been them, but like we're being guys. We're being guys. Yeah. Do you want to just be them anyway? Well, yes, well, I do. Well, you pick their husbands. Is what you... Yes. We oh, pick... I yeah. could totally be their husbands. Right? You want to be their husband. I just want to be them. <laughs> I don't know Teresa's, but he seems awesome. But I do know Sarah's and I do love him. Oh, man. All right. See you next week.